We're keeping with the Thanksgiving tradition this week on Kicking Out at Two as we are bringing you the 30th anniversary of the WWF Survivor Series event from the Hartford Civic Center in Hartford, Connecticut. I'm your host, Dave Rosenbluth, and joining me is, uh, my, my like I said, my number one co-host, my man, Dennis. What's up, buddy? Hey, chilling. Thanks for having me, like always. I'm really looking forward to this one, That my first pay-per-view that, that, that I've been to, and uh, I'm really excited to, um, um, you know, have nostalgic about, about this event. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it as well. Uh, you know, the fact that, um, you know, you went to this event. I did not go to this event. Um, I remember as a kid, my parents cut the new. I, I found out it was coming to Hartford in the newspaper, in the Hartford Current. There was, an, there was a, a cutout of a, of a big ad for Survivor Series, and it showed... Um, the Hulkamaniacs versus the Natural Disasters and the Warriors versus the Perfect Team um, were like the two headline Survivor Series matches. And then they said other oh, great matches on the card, etc., etc. And I remember I kept that newspaper clipping for a while, but my parents made it clear, like from the get-go, like we can't afford to take you to this one. And I didn't even get to watch it on pay-per-view either. So um, it wasn't until years later where I... Or, not, not long after, I should say, where I rented the tape at Blockbuster. Um, talk about nostalgia, um, and so it was. So, to me, this is. It's regarded as probably not one of the best pay per views of all time in, in in terms of Survivor Series. Most memorable for the Undertaker debut, which we'll get into shortly. But uh, you know the the as you like to call him the debut of the 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 gobbly or the, the gockily goober, whatever you called him, <laughs> whatever. Uh, but, but yeah. The, the, um, uh... So, so what is it? The Gobbledygooker, right? The Gobbledygooker, yes. Okay. Who was at that time played by Hector Guerrero. Yeah. Uh, so, so people people say uh, that uh, that that's more famous for the Undertaker. My my last memory of this this was the yeah, the Gobbledygooker. The Gobbledygooker, sure. yeah. That, I mean, that, it's, that, uh, it's hard not to it's hard not to argue that. That uh, yeah, we're gonna have to definitely have to play the audio when that thing comes. Oh, I never. Yeah. I the only time. That uh, I heard Harvick Civic Center boo that hard was Brandon Shanahan coming back to Hartford. Brandon Shanahan, Hartford. Oh, yes. So, yeah. That moment, would I would never forget it. Just like that whole crowd. And then, you yeah, I know I'm ruining it already, but Roddy Piper is like, Trying to sell it. Oh, this is great. It's, oh yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll definitely play the audio for that. Um, before we get into it, log into your WWE network. Make sure you find Survivor Series 1990. I'll give you a, a, a countdown. When I say three, two, one, hit play. You'll hit play from time to time. We'll track the audio. I'll give you some timestamps in the event we have a technical difficulty. Um, I'll. I'll get you guys back on track because sometimes technology doesn't want to work with me um, as, as, as much as I'd like to work with it. So, um, before we do all that, Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network is where you can find this show and all the great shows of the Retromania Network, searching Retromania with a W, um, Spreaker, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, um, all the great podcast platforms available. You can find this show and every other show on there. Cool Truth with AC Whitehouse and Hollywood Edwards. They cover AEW. We got Marking Out the Day's Weekend Wars, Hulkamania is Dead, Gaijin Wrestling Radio, Origins of Attitude. All great content, bonus content. You can find Kicking Out of Two on Facebook and Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash kicking out of two and give us a follow on Twitter at kicking out two K I C K N O U T and the number two. 
busting through the, uh, the the social media plugs this week because I just want to get right into this watch along. So step by step, here's what I'm going to have you do. You're going to go to your WWE Network. Hopefully you're logged in as you're listening to this. You're going to click on the WWE pay-per-view portion on the top left. Once you click on that, then you're going to go find... Um, you can find this two ways. You can either search the year 1990 or you can go to... Um, or, or you can search by Survivor Series, and the date is November the 25th, 1990. Uh, you'll see the, 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 the graphic on the screen that will say Survivor Series, and you'll see pictures of Hulk Hogan and uh, Tugboat and Big Boss Man and et cetera, et cetera. Um, so without further ado, I'm going to play the audio for the opening of the classic Survivor Series theme and how they used to introduce the teams and stuff like that. So without further ado, um, hope... Hopefully you're all ready to go in three, two, one, hit play. It's the Survivor Series, the epitome of tag team competition as the immortal Hulk Hogan and the Earthquake captain the respective teams of the Big Boss Man and Dino Bravo. Joining up with Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Haku, Tugboat, the Barbarian, the Hulkamaniacs versus the Natural Assassin. intro that's pretty good yeah the music and i nearly lost him when i saw the glass the sunglasses though with the uh the uh hercules and, and uh and, paul um, romo paul romo oh yeah. my god that was hilarious yeah so we uh hartford civic center i believe it was the first time wwe yeah. held a pay-per-view there they only held pay-per-views there maybe a handful of times done ton, tons of television tapings and and uh you know uh Shit like that. But, they did a um, good job shows. looking like it as a cellar. It was far from a cellar. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm gonna ask you a lot of questions in terms of you know, um, you know, so it was your, promoted. your memories of of this watching it in person. I know it was 30 years ago, so I mean, I can't imagine. So right off the bat, that, that, that we saw a commercial. You know, it was Thanksgiving Day, so we had a Thanksgiving meal. We saw a commercial for it. They're like, you can only watch it on pay per view, sold out. Da 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 da. All this stuff, right? So, so we're going, we're all excited. Wow, we sold out pay-per-view. I'm telling you, Harvey Sticker Center, ladies and gentlemen, for are not from this area, you can sell out, we're going to sell out 15,000. Yeah, right? roughly, yeah, depending, that, on that, the, depending on the size. I'm telling you, it was 11,000. Okay. That's not that's not too shabby. But it's uh, far from a sellout. Yeah, that's far from a sellout. Yeah, yeah, it's probably, you know, 4,000 shy of a sellout, you figure. Um 
Roddy Piper, Gorilla Monsoon, yeah. they're the ones calling the uh, the action for this Survivor Series pay-per-view. Um, okay, so yeah, so it was far from a sellout. Uh, do you remember where you sat? Up. As we're watching I, this? <laughs> very up. Oh, so you, it, so, so yeah. you were... You that's, were that's what I can tell you. That, uh, you were in the Bob Uecker seats. That, uh, so it was me, two, of my, two out of three of my sisters, my two uncles, and I have four or five uncles, but two of my uncles... And my dad. So how many people is that? What I'm trying to say is, we had, we all six or seven. Of we you. we had, I remember sitting at a popcorn, and a, and like nachos, or whatever, and seats like like next to me. Okay. And then like my uncles, dad, my sisters behind me screaming in my ear. That 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 uh, that, that uh, By the way, this is my main event already. When I saw demolition, uh, you could have you uh, my my dad could have said, all right, we're going home, and I'd be like, okay, I'm cool. Really? But I finally saw Demolition. You know how much I love yeah, Demolition. Demolition is this was my main event. This was right off, right off the bat, my main event. Demolition and Mr. Perfect up against the, 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 the Warriors with Ultimate Warrior, Texas Tornado, Kerry Von Erich, and the Road Warriors, the Legion of Doom. Yeah, you can see how there's black. I bet you that's where we were. Uh, like where the black is on top. Okay, so you were like, yeah, okay. To the best of your recollection. Yeah. I like this team here. This is like a Survivor Series. At this time, this this was a Survivor Series dream team for sure. I mean, you had Demolition was very popular. And, you know, they're back with Mr. Fuji, um, Bobby the Brain, and Mr. Perfect. You know, speak for themselves, their talent, their ability. Let's play the audio for this promo. This, I'm sure this is a wild one. Gentlemen, I'm sure you're looking forward to the grand finale match of survival. But don't look biased. The perfect team. And, of course, don't forget the process of elimination in this competition. Pinfall, submission, or count-out. From the Legion of Doom, Hawk, your thoughts. I don't know what my thoughts are exactly, except I know the four of us are going to take the four of them, whatever it takes, Gene. All right, Intercontinental Champion, the Texas Tornado. You've seen what Demolition can do, and you've seen what Perfect can do. Now check out what we can do. From the Legion of Doom, Animal. Demolition, Mr. Perfect! Submission is one way to go down! And for all the little warriors, the little tornadoes, and the little doomers, we won't let you down! World Wrestling Federation Champion, the Ultimate Warrior Captain! We ain't nothing to do with anything close to perfectness! I must call the skeletons that have already made a sacrifice to follow me and these three warriors! The Legion of Doom and the Texas Tornado into this battle, whether to walk farther than all the rest or to stay behind and make the sacrifice. It makes no difference, Mr. Perfect and Demolition. For as the ultimate warrior, I surround us in this force field, and we have become one. We have formed a bond like no other, and no one can break what we have created. There is no poison. No creation and no medicine to cure what we have. You, Mr. Perfect and Demolition, will not survive. Very good, Ultimate Warriors. Let's go back to ringside. Jesus. Everything was great about that until the Ultimate Warrior spoke. Yeah. (laughs) You know what would have been cool? Is if Texas Tornado wore face paint to kind of go along with the face paint. Oh, he should have, yeah. You know? Not saying that Perfect should have worn face paint with demolition, no, I know. but that would have been that would have been pretty silly. But um, yeah, I would have liked to see Texas Tornado, you know, kind of do his own work with some face paint to kind of go along with the theme. I was one of the believers, like uh, talking about uh, 
um, Sex Tornado and Face Paint. Yeah. Or you, you know the the rumor back in the day before the internet and stuff like that was what that that uh, he was the Ultimate Warrior. He was the second Ultimate Warrior yeah. because the first Ultimate Warrior died. Yeah. Yeah. Died in the ring. Yeah. It's <laughs> fucking stupid. Yeah. That's so stupid. I, wonder, I never believed that. I used to have friends be like, "Do you know how that rumor even started?" I think because Warrior. Warrior, I, I believe Warrior might have left and then yeah. came back and when he so I think to the best of my recollection I think that that Ultimate Warrior rumor started when Warrior came back in 92 at that Wrestlemania to save Hogan and he looked a little smaller and he had a he had shorter hair and everyone thought that the Ultimate Warrior died and that was a new Ultimate Warrior that they created but people I'm telling you I heard stories yeah where it's like oh I saw it where he died in the ring. Yeah, that was that was like the, the those are probably the same fans that 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 claim that they saw Brian Pillman whip his dick out and pee in the ring in the ECW when he didn't do any of that. Yeah, you know what I mean. I never heard that before. You never heard that? No. Yeah, Pillman. The, Pillman. Pillman did an angle for them where he came out and he was ripping on the fans, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and next thing you know, um, he went to whip it out and someone came in the ring and stopped him. I think it was like Shane Douglas or something, but the fans that were either there that night or who watched it, they claim that they saw him whip it out and urinate in the middle of the ring, which that didn't even happen. But okay. um, we the audio earlier, we were talking, uh, Gene was talking about uh, the grand finale match of survival, which is a concept I always thought they should have done following this. And that the grand finale match of survival is basically the surviving members of the winning teams will then go on to a match later, and it will be like a Survivor Series match with all the winners. Um, for those of you that are unfamiliar with Survivor Series, it, it used to be a four-on-four, five-on-five uh, team concept where they would take guys that were, you know, that you wouldn't normally see team together face off against other guys that you wouldn't normally see team together, kind of mix-match mix, some feuds, and it was like the, the ultimate dream tag team matches, I guess you could say. And eliminations would occur by pinfall and submission. The only way to win is to, you know... Uh, for a team to win is to have the opposing members all eliminated. So you would see situations where it's like four on two, three on three, two on one, etc. Um, so this is what Survivor Series originally started out as. And eventually they they really haven't adopted. They've kind of ditched. I wouldn't say they've ditched the format, but it's not the focal point of the, of the, the pay-per-views anymore. Um, and at the time of this recording, I don't even know, you know, uh, if the Survivor Series format will have, you know, been implemented into this year's yeah, pay-per-view. There's always at sure. least one elimination match. Yeah, they, yeah, nowadays they do one, but, um, you know, back then it was the entire card was yeah. filled with them. And, and I used to, and I liked this grand finale idea where you have, like, the winners of each match come back at the end of the night, um, and we'll see that in a little bit. We'll keep score of who's who's the survivors and who's not, but um, we talked about this a little bit in the on the SummerSlam 1990 watch party with Justin, how big of a missed opportunity it was for Demolition and the Road Warriors to not have a major match on pay-per-view. Oh. It, it's it's um, criminal yeah. that, 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 that never happened. And uh, during this time, too, the, the, the tag team was always, you know, like the, the second thought. Mm-hmm. And they, if, if they were booked right, that could have made a event in a pay-per-view. Yeah. 
Yeah, like honestly, like I, you know, as a kid, I figured that this match would be the one closing the pay per view. I didn't think it was going to open the pay per view. Yeah, you know what good I mean. Point. I had because Warrior was the champion. Um, Texas Tornado was the Intercontinental champion. The Road Warriors were fucking super popular. They were they were hot. Um, so I thought that this match would have been the main event based on the fact that. As a kid, the WWF champion always main evented a pay per view. Yeah, but this would probably, yeah. this probably be the first team. time that the Warrior was the Warrior was like the first WWF champion that opened a pay per view. <laughs> probably. Yeah. I mean, I could be mistaken, but Axe and Texas Tornado going at it. And this, I believe, is Axe's final uh, WWF pay per view. Is that appearance. right? Yeah. He would go on to... He would try to re, revive the demolition gimmick in Japan. Um, but because he didn't own the copyrights to it, that um, he had gotten into some legal trouble with WWF. But he called himself like... He, I, think he, I, think once, I think once like he, the legal issues were... And he's out. Um, the legal issues were, and, I, and that's because he had he had a lot of injuries, and yeah. that's why they, they kind of dumped him early, and that's why they put Crush in because they needed they wanted to keep the demolition gimmick, but it just uh, wasn't going to work with you know Axe being hurt. But um, once he got all those legal issues out of the way, I think he tried to call himself like Axe the Demolisher or something like that, like something really fucking like corny and hokey, like on the independent level. But um, did uh, um, the Smash did he did he go to um, Japan with him? No, see, okay. Smash would eventually they repackaged him into uh, oh the Repo Man, yeah, of course, that wasn't using the Repo role. Man, yep. yeah. And Crush would, uh, I think Crush would, I think after this, or no, I'm saying, I'm sorry, the '91, Crush would uh, leave after WrestleMania. They would kind of do away with the demolition gimmick, which I thought was a shame because they were so popular. Yeah, and I just. I, I I'm sorry, but I can't buy into the theory that like they weren't over enough for the you know to to stand up a, to Legion of Doom. You know what I mean? I I, I can't. That 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 a lot of, a lot of people have said that. A lot of people have said too that like the matches weren't good. They didn't have great chemistry. But I don't know. I feel like they could have. They still could have made something oh, with them. But who knows? I mean, I'm no I'm no expert. I just to me personally. When you saw them faced off against each other, you were like, damn, this is going to be good. You know? And it just didn't happen. Yeah. For whatever reason. And yeah, as, uh, as mentioned, Demolition, at least at least for me, you can argue it was my favorite wrestlers of all time. Yeah. Great tag team. Hawk and Perfect. Yeah. I would really like to see Perfect in a tag team. That that. that. I, I thought he was kind of... I, I know this might sound a little um, sacrilegious or whatever, but I I think Mr. Perfect was actually underutilized in WWE. Oh, I no, he was. It's not sacrilegious. He was definitely underutilized. That, uh, that uh, if you're going to underutilize him, give him a tag team partner. Get the, throw the tag team championships on him. I mean, he had a great run with the Intercontinental Championship. Um, you know, but I feel like... I feel like the... He lived up to the gimmick with Mr. Perfect, but at the same time, like in hindsight, you look back on it. If you're going to name yourself Mr. Perfect, why aren't you the WWF champion? Of course, yeah. Why aren't you wrestling for the WWF title? 
Are you only perfect in the intercontinental division? I just you know? think it's because it's maybe it's size or whatever. He wasn't a big monster. I don't know. You know, a lot of people have over the years have have said that you know they tried a run with Perfect and Hogan on live events when Hogan was a champion and Perfect bumped around so good for him that it made it was like a detriment to him. Like like he he bounced he, Hogan bounced him around and almost made him look small. Um, you know that's that's been some okay. theories out there over the years. And someone someone told a story once that it was originally supposed to be Perfect and Hogan um, at WrestleMania six, and Hogan and Perfect wrestled the the house show loops and Perfect like I said sold too good for Hogan and they were like nah this ain't gonna work no one's gonna believe that Mr. Perfect has a chance of beating Hulk Hogan um but I don't know how true that that theory is that story is um but yeah Mr. Perfect I think he should have at least been a transitional champion or something yeah he could have been the WWF champion I mean I don't know I just he he, he I know that they kind of toyed with him in Warrior during this time period, but they really had their sights set on Warrior and Savage as like a big rivalry heading into you know the, the WrestleMania, and I think this is where things are going to get out of control here. Yeah. Uh, LOD and Demolition. Yeah, you got to protect. You got to protect them. Yeah, the, this is the the spot where they the referee can't maintain control so uh, he's he got gonna pushed. yeah and that, he yeah, got kicked yeah he got pushed and kicked by each member of the team and then, oh, now he's done. Now they're both done. Both Demolition and the Road Warriors have been eliminated now. So now we're down to Warrior and uh, Tornado against Mr. Perfect. Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> no, that's definitely not fair. But he's Mr. Perfect. So, that's right. Like we said. I think he eliminates the Tornado, doesn't he? I believe he does, yeah. yes. He does He does deliver the Perfect Plex, so it's down to Warrior and Perfect eventually. That was a good rivalry, too. Uh, perfect versus Texas Tornado. I liked it, yeah. I liked some good matches. I definitely liked it. I mean... Von Eric's injuries and the stuff he had with his foot, like that kind of prevented him from moving up further. But he was, man, he was another one that was, and we've talked about it too, a lot left on the table with him. Yeah. If he, if he got his fucking act together, man, whew, he just, I mean, I don't think he would have, I, I don't think he would have been a top guy in the WWF. I don't think so. Okay. I think Intercontinental Championship and maybe even a tag team run if they brought his brother in, Kevin. Would they would have done well? I don't think he would have been the WWF champion. I think this way you. I think he would have done. I think he would have done well in in WCW and in Crockett as the heavyweight champion because yeah. that territory, that kind of wrestling, suited him better. But if you made him, let's say you did pay per views in like you know in the in the south, you know. Yep. And you had Bon Eric. Uh, I guess do the series of like events for like a month or two, and you'd like really invested in like trying to get uh, you know southern viewership. If you had Texas Tornado as a champion, I think that would have worked definitely in WWF. Yeah, and then, uh, if you let's say you did uh, an event in you know San Antonio, right? And it was Who's like, he wrestling? Uh, uh, um, let's just let's say Sergeant Slaughter as a champion, and, okay. and and you have and you have Tornado as a challenger. And he beat Sergeant Slaughter. That place would explode. You know, you got a point there, I think, because well, you you booked it in the way you know Texas. He's he's from the area. Sergeant Slaughter um, turned his back on his country. Was an Iraqi sympathizer. You know, 
the, the, the Texas crowds love their locals. That could have worked. I'll give you that. But in a transitional phase. You know what I mean? And then Sergeant Slaughter gets it back, you know, the, the next couple days later yeah. or a month later or whatever, yeah. yeah. That could have worked, you know. But at the same time, the WWF was also not built on that. They were built on these, you know, larger-than-life characters. That's why you saw Hogan and Warrior yeah. and even Savage to an extent that were the top guys that were, you know. And, and Justin even brought up a point in our SummerSlam watch along when we were watching you know von eric and uh perfect wrestle was that carrie von eric couldn't get out of his own way a lot of it was his a lot of it was his personal issues and his recreational use of uh of, of drugs and alcohol i mean um he i he makes a good point that when he won the nwa title from rick flair he probably was position to be a transitional champion for that like there was probably not a whole lot of long term um going into that match for Kerry von eric as the champion um considering the fact that the reason why he was put in the match was because his brother died you know yeah so perfect plex here and the warrior is gonna kick out that was kind of a cool spot where he, he did the perfect plex to texas tornado yep one two three then like an idiot, the warrior runs 100 miles an hour at him, hits the turnbuckle, and then, boom, instantly goes right back to the perfect place. Yeah. That was a cool spot. That was Yeah, that was a pretty cool spot. I don't know if you noticed earlier, and you'll you'll see him throughout the, the course of the night for these matches. There he is walking across the screen. That is a young Shane McMahon as the referee on the floor. No way. Yeah. What is that, right. special enforcer? No. Oh, yeah, look at that. They had referees outside to make sure that, you know, the, the, the guys that were eliminated made it back to the, the dressing room. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, Shane McMahon, the, the, the story goes, you know, he wanted to get in the family business, and, you know, Vince said, well, you know, you got to work for it. So he made them all finish their education in college, and then when they started out, I think Shane worked in the warehouse. He set up the ring crew. He eventually... Um, you know, would become a referee at one point for a brief period of time, and then he, you know, would transition into the office. So yeah, this was his period of time where he was uh, he was a referee. Didn't have a name either, you know. They didn't. They just called him the referee. Okay. You know, so it wasn't like they mentioned it. And I'm sure they. I'm sure that if they did want to name him, he wasn't going to have the McMahon last name yeah, attached to him. Yeah, it'd be like. I don't know. Shane Johnson. Yeah, or something they, like yeah. that. You know, yeah. They would have came up with something to, you know, Shane O'Neill or some bullshit like yeah, that. Yeah, I like Shane O'Neill. Yeah. Yeah, he could. Yeah, he could be Shane O'Neill in in our timeline if we want. Mister Perfect here, the upper hand on the Warrior. Oh, look at that kick out. See the selling that Mister Perfect did there. Just top notch. Yeah. You know, he hopped over the referee, managed to get on top of him. You know. People always do a. Um... You know, less about who was the greatest wrestler to never win the WWF or WWE championship. I start. He's all, he's I start with Mr. Perfect. Right oh, yeah. We've uh, yeah, yeah. We did a uh, my buddy Jamie and I. We did a, a podcast. Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. If you want to go find it in the in the archives, uh, Retromania, um, where we talked about guys that didn't you know 
didn't uh, you know win the world title. I mean, some people count Perfect's world title win in the AWA over Nick Bockwinkle as a world championship, but a lot of people didn't look at the AWA as a credible promotion at the time when he was the champion. I believe yeah. it was like 89, 88 or 89 when he won the belt from Bockwinkle. I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, Perfect's on that list. Perfect, DiBiase, uh, Rick Rude, Scott Hall. Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, um, Davy Boy Smith, Owen Hart, the list goes on and on. Um, two, three, and the Warrior is your winner and sole survivor of this first Survivor Series elimination match. <laughs> Dex Bobby Heenan, yeah. always Dex Yeah, Bobby Heenan and Warrior did not get along behind the scenes. You know what I just noticed with that shot, that camera shot there when they Sad. showed the crowd? Is that and you don't see it today, and maybe it's just because the the way that the the viewing is different. But fans used to always run to try and get to the guardrail. Yeah. Like before the mat, like when a guy would come out before the match, or like when like the finish would come and the one, two, three, and everyone would race to the front of the guardrail. Yeah. They don't do that anymore. Do yeah. They? I mean, security will stop you. Okay. Like if you're not in that, if you're not supposed to be sitting in that section. They, they, they won't allow you, but, I mean, it's been a while since, at the time of this recording, it's been a while since there's been fans in an arena, not counting the Thunderdome, of course. Yeah. But and this is here, the million-dollar team getting ready uh, for their match uh, with uh, their mystery partner. No, let's play the audio for this. Johnny, baby, could you see the million-dollar team, along with rhythm and blues, baby, we will survive! quite a crowd here, but conspicuous by his absence, your mystery tag team partner, if uh, he is going to show up at all here tonight. Show up, little man. He relieved me. He is here, and it's only a matter of minutes before everyone knows his identity. As usual, the Million Dollar Man has done things in grand fashion, and I promise this to be a big, very big surprise. And as for you, Birdman, Coco Beware, you're just one more bird that's going to be plucked and stuffed this Thanksgiving Day. And the Heart Foundation, you're on your way to Heartbreak Hotel via Rhythm and Blues. And last but not least, you, Dusty Rhodes, will be where I always have said you'll be, on your hands and knees, begging, humble before the Million Dollar Man. But there'll be no mercy tonight, because tonight, only the strong survive. <laughs> Million dollar team set to uh, come out there, honky tonk man. Greg Val hey Greg Valentine with the black hair. He looks so fucking out of place. Yeah, I, as a part of rhythm and blues. I saw what what you call it? What they call it? Shoot interviews where he said, "Yeah, he fucking hated it." Yeah, it was one of those last minute things that I think they tried to uh, to to implement. And here we see Dusty, Dusty. Rhodes without the polka dots. No polka dots for for Dusty baby. That's right. I, I left my polka dots at home, Daddy. If you will, public, if you will, Coco, beware. No bird. No Frankie. Oh uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, they got the bird with them. Mm. And now we got the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Champions making their way. The Hart Foundation, Brett and Anvil. So I'm gonna probably we're probably gonna find out later tonight. But top of the head, who's currently the Intercontinental Champion? Um. Uh, in WWE. Yeah. At the time of this recording. No, I mean this. No, not right now. Now I mean. I mean, 1990... Oh, 1990? Yeah. Texas Tornado. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see the belt. Yeah, he had it Yeah, he okay. had it on for a brief second, and then uh, 
Um, That's right. He won it at uh, SummerSlam. SummerSlam, right? beating okay. Mr. Perfect. Okay. Now, originally, the mystery partner idea... I don't know if it was a last-minute thing, but they had originally advertised Bad News Brown in the spot of what Undertaker was going to be. Is that right? And Bad News Brown quit the WWF not long before. So Bad News Brown was going to be um, with the the Million Dollar Team. So what was it, the last ride where Undertaker mentioned that he thought he was going to come out of the end? Yeah, he thought. You think that was the original idea that Bad News Brown was going to be? I don't think Undertaker was going to come out of the egg, but um, I think um, it just kind of circumstances worked out where it was like, oh, this would be a good time to debut him. Um, yeah, I don't think he was coming out of the egg. I can't imagine. Oh. They'd been done. There'd been no way anyone would taking taking uh, taking him seriously. No way. I mean, come on. <laughs> the egg man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He yeah. He was so afraid that he was going to be coming out of that egg. And 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 his, you know, he was in WCW till about October of this year, and they didn't they didn't want to re-sign him, and they just kind of let his contract lapse, and then. He showed, you know, he, he, he called them. They went back and forth a little bit. And all right, let's play the promo here for yeah, in, intro. I've realized before, everybody's got a price for the Million Dollar Man. So without further ado, I will introduce to you now my mystery partner, led to the ring by his manager, Brother Love, weighing in at 320 pounds from Death Valley. I I guess that was perfection. Yeah. I, so, do you remember being there for that moment? What you thought? Yeah. Well, we didn't know what to expect. We just it, well, great. I had blood. I had the Jesus seat, so I couldn't tell. You know. But the Jesus seat. Yeah, that's what my uncle used to say. Yeah. So up high, we could talk to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm stealing that one. Thank you. <laughs> then, then, Tell uh, your uncle. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm stealing that one. I mean, yeah, we used to go to a lot of sporting events and stuff. But anyway, but uh, but that being said, that uh, that uh, we 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 didn't know we were watching history, wrestling history. No, yeah. we did not. That uh, that um, we were actually kind of saying like, who the fuck is this guy? Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, I um. 
I'll tell you though, like with the purple underneath his eyes, like he was just so scary. Like as a kid, like Undertaker, is he dead? Is he a zombie? Like, you know what I mean? You didn't know what to make of it. And I used to think to myself, like, my goodness, like, like he's untouchable. He's unstoppable. Like who's going to beat him? Yeah. You know, he's the Undertaker, you know, like who's going to beat him? Like as a kid, just, I thought like. I thought everyone had just kind of met their match. You know what I mean? Absolutely. As much as I wanted to see, like, Hulk like, Hogan or... Look at his arms. Look how jacked he is. Oh, yeah. Oof. Jeez. <laughs> wow. That was that was not pretty. One, two, three. Coco, beware. Good night. Bird's been plucked and stuffed, as DiBiase had said in the promo. Now it's uh, Dusty time, I think, right? I think... Uh, no, we got Brett. Okay. Yeah. Who knew, like, uh, watching this, that, that they would have some of the best matches of all time? Huh? Oh, I know. I I, I, I low-key love their SummerSlam match when Shawn Michaels was the referee. When, oh, I love that too, man. When he, oh. Michaels got spit in the face, and he went to swing the chair, and he ducked, and he had Undertaker. Like, that's like, to me... It was like, great storytelling. Oh, yeah. It was it was unbelievable. We got Duffy Rose Baby against Greg the Hammer Valentine. Never a big Greg the Hammer fan. I liked him with the blonde hair. Well, yeah, same hair. I prefer him with the blonde hair, but was never really a big fan. That uh, what I felt bad about his finisher was the uh, figure four leg lock, and 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 I was. That, Remember when uh, he used to wear that like shin guard on his on his leg when he used to put the figure four on? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was stupid too. Then, uh, so, so I was just like, why are you stealing Rick, Rick, Rick Flair's finisher, you know? Yeah. Well, he used to tag with Flair in the NWA um, many, many years ago. In fact, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. I'll have to go ahead and do my research. But uh, Flair, um, the, the infamous plane crash that Ric Flair was on where he survived, Valentine's dad didn't make it. Valentine's oh, wow. dad was on that plane, yeah. I'm going to look it up right now. I'm going to Google that shit right now because I should have the fucking notes here, but I don't because Ric Flair plane crash, 1975. I believe that was it here. Yeah, October 4th, 1975. Flair's career nearly ended when he was in a serious plane crash in Wilmington, North Carolina that took the life of the pilot and paralyzed Johnny Valentine. Okay, so... um, he didn't, so he didn't die, but he was paralyzed. So, after. so it was Valentine's dad, Flair, and a and a pilot. That was, that was the only people on the plane. Yeah. Okay. And I think uh, actually, let me look. Let me see who else was on the plane. Um, Mr. Wrestling and promoter David Crockett, um, brother of Jim Crockett, was on the plane as well. Um, the only one that died though apparently was the. Uh... That was a great power slam, Jesus. Oh, yeah, Mr. Wrestling, Tim Woods, Bob Bruggers, Dave Crockett, Johnny Valentine, and Ric Flair were all on that plane. And the only one that died was the pilot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, pilot didn't make it. Everyone else... I think Flair, like, broke his back. And he didn't wrestle for a few months, but then he, he went back early. But yeah, Flair and uh, Greg the Hammer were once um, 
Sorry about that. We had a little bit of a technical issue. Uh, we are time stamped at 34 minutes and 37, 39 seconds, excuse me, 40, 41, 42. For those of you that need to catch up, uh, we apologize. A little technical difficulty uh, with the software, but uh, appreciate you uh, sticking through it with us uh, as we see uh, Dusty Rhodes and Jim Neanville double teaming. Um, the uh, the million dollar man Ted DiBiase here. Uh, you know, before the technical issue, we were talking about Greg Valentine and the plane crash that paralyzed his father. That Ric Flair was on. They were him and Flair were tag team champions in the NWA um, at one point, briefly. Um, like I think it was like the Georgia territory. I want to say okay. um, that they were that, that that they were tag team champions. But um, Valentine's oh sweep of the leg by Virgil. D Distraction causing DiBiase to get the clothesline and the victory eliminated. And there you see Shane McMahon on the bottom directing traffic as Jim the Anvil Nightheart has been eliminated. And Brett's back in on DiBiase. These two would have an excellent match on a Saturday night's main event. I don't remember when. It might have been um, in 1989. But these two had a phenomenal match on Saturday night's main event. I don't event. remember that at all. So it was a one-on-one -on -one match, huh? Yeah. But their exchange in this, in the closing moments of this match you'll see later is uh, is, is some pretty good stuff, too. Yeah. I, I remember the finish. I just don't remember how they got there. Yeah. DiBiase and Dusty Rhodes. They never really had a blow-off, did, did they? Um, in a singles match i'm not sure but i know that they got virgil involved and then they brought in dustin um and they did a tag match at the royal rumble and i believe that was dusty's last wwf appearance was in january of 91 okay and then that's when they transitioned from uh dibiase to start working with virgil they set up the the split if you remember that where he told virgil to pick yeah, up course, the money yeah. and virgil hit him with the belt yeah Look at this shot here, Undertaker. It's pretty good. Choking the life out of Bret Hart is nothing happening, Greg the Hammer Valentine. We're at 37 minutes, 2 seconds, 3, 4, 5, 6. Just want to give you guys an update where we are. Timestamp in case, uh, you know, the, the, the audio and the, the video, if you're watching, you know, uh, it's out of whack a little bit here. But, yeah, I, I, I would look it up. Uh, Bret Hart, Teddy Biasi. Uh, Saturday night's main event. Uh, you know what? I'll look it up for you right now as we're watching this. Yeah, I, I really love to get, to get back at the Dusty and Men Out of Man feud. I, I liked it. I just don't remember them ever having a blow-off. Um, yeah, I don't remember having them having a singles blow-off either. I wasn't sure why. Um, to be quite honest with you, I don't know if it was creative or injuries or what have you. Um... But Bret Hart and Ted DiBiase wrestled. Actually, it was in. It was. They might have wrestled a couple of times. But I believe it, April of nineteen ninety, April fifteenth, nineteen ninety one, on Saturday night's main event, they wrestled in a singles match. But there's also uh, a match from nineteen eighty nine, I believe. I know that, the, that, that from time to time they would toy with, before they officially split Brett off with Anvil, they would toy with, from time to time, Brett um, in singles. So they had him work with, like, 
uh, DiBiase, Mr. Perfect, Randy Savage. Um, just to get an idea as if you know he'd be able to hang as we see Brother Love and Dusty Rhodes, baby. And this is, I think, where they eliminate both Dusty and Undertaker. Yeah. Have you ever heard the story about the time that Dusty Rhodes and Brother Love got pulled over by a state police officer in New Jersey? No. Nope. This is a great story. So Dusty, according to this, I heard this on the Bruce Pritchard podcast. According to Bruce, Bruce who used to travel with Dusty, and Dusty used to claim that he was the second most recognizable athlete in the world behind Muhammad Ali. And Dusty was driving, and cop pulled him over for speeding and the cop asked to see license and registration and Dusty of course name drops himself and he was like baby I'm the American Dream Dusty Rhodes and the cop didn't know who he was but then when he saw Brother Love in the car he was like oh hey you're Brother Love from the WWF the wrestling show <laughs> and then they gave him the ticket and the cop drives off, and before Dusty and Bruce drive off, Bruce looks at him and goes, second most recognizable athlete in the world today? And, yeah, it was it was pretty funny the way he told the story. But, yeah. And this is the exchange here. This is Brett and DiBiase, the closing moments of this Survivor Series elimination match. Time stamp at 40 minutes and 3 seconds. 4, 5, 6. Brett really... Uh, going to work on DBS. Did you know that Bret Hart's brother, Dean, had passed away the day before this pay-per-view, but no. yet he still wrestled the pay-per-view? Yeah. He talked about it in his book. His brother, Dean, had died. I think his brother had some... How did he pass away? Um, I think his brother had some sort of... Uh, um, some rare illness. Something that just kind of came out of nowhere. Okay. I could be mistaken. Once again, not taking notes. This is just you and I is sitting here just bullshitting, you know. Like I'm not like every other podcaster out there that has a whole fucking stack of notes, you know what I mean? I'm just talking like we, like we're watching wrestling sitting on the couch. Um, but I do have the magic of Google that I could confirm how he passed away. As Brett looks like he's setting up for the sharpshooter, even though I don't think he was doing the sharpshooter at this point. No, I kicked him right in the belly. I'd like to know, like, when he started using the, the sharpshooter. Um, I, I believe when he started doing his singles run in, like, 91. Um, damn. Let me find it here. How did Dean Hart die? Kidney inflammation. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm seeing here. So it's like an off way to go. Yeah. Kick out at two here. DiBiase. On Brett. That, uh... I, I, I wish I saw that, uh... That Bret Hart, um... DiBiase match. I could only imagine. If they had, like, you a really... You network. If they had, like, a real feud... Uh, like a good few that, that I think that would be I would have liked to have seen yeah, it yeah absolutely yeah I definitely would have liked to have seen it I mean when Bret Hart was intercontinental champion he was feuding with like the Mountie um I forget who else but 
at the time DiBiase had his thing going on with Virgil. Like they could have they could have easily transitioned to Brett and DiBiase. Those would have been some great matches. I mean, they had a great one in April of ninety one on Saturday night's main event. But for whatever reason they didn't really pull the trigger on it. And I I also think too that it could have been their way of like they're testing it out, but like they didn't want to go full on with Brett and DiBiase because maybe they didn't value Brett in that light because DiBiase was a strong character. Yeah, you know what I mean. Maybe they didn't see Brett and DiBiase as a matchup people wanted to see. I don't know. I mean, I right, but but uh, I definitely think that just from a technical standpoint, it'd be amazing. Oh yeah, in ring bell to bell, the two of them would have a had a blast. But you also got to think too that where DiBiase was at this time, he was more established here, and we got the vi- the finish right here. DiBiase pulls out the victory. You, you just saw Brady <laughs> is like fuck. But I yeah. thought he um, grabbed the tights, but my memory that's maybe yeah. I th- you know what? I thought effect. that too. I thought that too I until think... I just saw that. Yeah. But they, they really hype up, you know, they, they, they really make a big deal out of Brett's performance in this match on commentary. I remember, um, you know, he really gave his his all. And let's see if there's audio for that. Yeah, they, they, they were really putting over Brett Strong in this instance. And look, a, a promo for Saturday night's main event on Thanksgiving, the, the, the night after Thanksgiving, DiBiase and the Warrior. I'm assuming that's for the title, right? I would imagine so. I, another one I, I, that I really wish DiBiase had the title, at least for a little while. Oh, yeah. I think it would have made sense here. Oh, look at this. We got the Rockers, Jimmy Snooker, and Jake the Snake in the shower with Mean Gene Oracle. And that doesn't sound like a bad joke, does it? <laughs> Let's play the audio. Your opponents like the visionaries. Remember, this is team competition, but the way I see it, Jake, a lot of individual 45 minutes, well, 9 seconds, it, 10, 10, 11, survivors. 12. That's a key word. These men have both survived the scars of time, my man. You think about this man is luck killer. Why? Because power and glory snapped the knee, but he survived. He's back here. He stood through time. This man here, you look at him, he could have wrote it better in stone, man. This man has the scars of time written all over his face. And me, or Rick Martell, as you can well see, I've stood the test too. Remember this, so you're not leading lambs to the slaughter. You're not giving the Christians to the lions, man. And one thing's for sure, brother, you aren't really picking no cherries. If you think you are, just rattle this tree and see if old Damien don't fall out on you. All right, I thank you very much. You I've got to tell you the truth, guys. I'm a little bit nervous. But the Vipers are ready for the Survivor Series. Gorilla, Roddy, let's get back to you. Imagine the amount of uh, cocaine and alcohol consumed by all five of those guys. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking shower. Jake the Snake, Jimmy Snuka, the Rockers, and Mean Gene Okerlund. I can imagine the, the 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 debauchery that those five could have caused. Yeah. Especially in Hartford too. 
But yeah, <laughs> you know uh, for people for not this area, it's pretty easy to get score some good stuff. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. So we see the visionaries making their way. Rick Martell along with Power and Glory. I wish they were wearing their sunglasses on the in the uh, in the beginning of the those the, stupid the, red sunglasses. Oh my god, I wanted to die. Yeah. Paul Roma. I'm done talking about him and what he could have been, yeah. and why he was a shitty horseman. <laughs> I think I think I think that conversation's been done to death. Yeah, warlord. Yeah, warlord. I was always, I was kind of a fan of the warlord. I could have done either way. Doesn't matter to me. He was a big looking, impressive dude. I used to always. Here's the funny thing about like guys that had like that would come down to the ring with like weapons. Like, I always never understood why they never used it. Like him. Good point. Like he's got that, like, W, like, <laughs> it's like stainless steel, silver, like, sharp edges. Like, why didn't he ever use that to beat someone up? Okay, you can make the argument that he's big and strong and he's powerful. He didn't need it. But still, why didn't he try to use it from time to time? The Berserker. He carried around a fucking sword. Yeah. The only time he ever tried to use it was to stab the Undertaker, and he missed. But then he never used it again. It was like, okay, so because you tried it once, you're not going to try it again? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, good point. I guess the only one that really had uh, that used his weapon was the big boss man. Yeah, the boss man used to beat the shit out of people with the yeah. nightstick. And Jimmy Snuka, arguably, as a kid, I loved him. As an adult, he's probably, probably one of my least favorite wrestlers for obvious reasons. Well, he wasn't the Jimmy Snuka that everyone, you know remembered him for during this time period yeah. like he wasn't flying off the top rope and you know he didn't you know his 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 better days were behind him but he was around to just kind of be an established name to help get guys over and get guys to the top and you know so obviously um jake the snake is selling the eye injury from the model spray yep arrogance i, I love that they call it arrogance oh i thought it was great too that, but that being said is this is before or after their WrestleMania blindfold This is before their blindfold Okay. Match. So they had built this up for quite some time. I guess so. Between him and Jake. and Can you pinpoint when he actually did? When he sprayed it? Was this after SummerSlam? Yeah, it was definitely after SummerSlam. Okay. Yeah. I think it was, I think it was about a month or so before this. And they had built this up all the way to WrestleMania, which you and I have talked about it. Underrated match, the blindfold match. I liked it. Jake and Martel. People think it's stupid, but I mean. It was stupid, but it was, it was awesome. Not really, time. because like he blinded him. He couldn't see, you know what I mean? Like, he, he, like when I was a kid, man, when he fucking blinded him and he just had those white contacts in, like, I didn't know that was, I thought that was real. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, like, he can't see, you know, or that one spot where, like, Jake, you know, was on the, um, on the Brother Love show, and and Brother Love and Rick Martel were taunting him, and they were like, "How many fingers am I holding up? Can you see?" And then like Martel slapped him, and then Jake would Jake inadvertently DDT Brother Love on the set of the Brother Love show, and then his glasses popped off, and you saw for the first time like his eyes were you know like the white, like he yeah. literally couldn't. They did the vignettes where he was at the doctor, and the doctor was doing the ace bandages and getting the you know shit like that like that stuff was fun stuff man like i i used to love that stuff nowadays you people would look at it and be like oh that doesn't make sense but like back then when i was a kid man like that i thought for real like he got blind i can't miss i really do miss that that theatric as, as wrestling i yeah. mean they still do theatric but but it's that, overproduced yeah it, that, that uh yeah you don't have guys like you know you know wearing 
the white contact lenses and stuff. I no. Is Warlord out here? Nope. No. Um, and I, that, uh, I'd like to know, though, um, how did it, how did it get together, the model, the warlord, and power and glory? That, 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 I don't remember how they got together. I know that, like, you know, uh, Slick managed power and glory in the warlord. And okay. I think they put Martell as the captain because him and Jake was a featured rivalry on TV. But if you remember... And I don't know if you remember this or not, but when Rick Martell turned on Tito Santana, early in his run as the model, he was managed by Slick. I don't. Very, I do not briefly, remember that. Very briefly, it was a short period of time, and then they they split them up. They didn't really explain why, but then they kind of brought them back together for this. But yeah, it wasn't. Uh, it, it was. It was a very short-lived rivalry. Okay. And to be quite honest with you, like Martell is a seasoned performer. One of the very under like you 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 talked about earlier the greatest to never be the world champion. Rick Martel is one of the greatest to never be the intercontinental champion because even as a kid, yeah. okay, I'll go back here and I always say this. I always start it with like as a kid, as a kid, as a kid because I try to reflect my thoughts as a child watching this to you now at thirty seven years old. But even as a youngster, I always had this vision in my head that Rick Martel could be the intercontinental champion, not because he had a good character or you know he was a great worker. Like my brain didn't think like that at, at you know at fucking you know eight years old, seven or eight years old, but. Um, I just always felt like he was one of those guys that just, it, it, it just fit, you know what I mean? Like, and he was in a featured rivalry and he was getting victories over guys. And I just thought like, I, he, rem, he had, I don't know. It just worked for me as a kid. I just felt like it just, it, it was, it was a match. I him totally agree. He the Intercontinental Champion. I'm stunning. I'm trying to go through the Rolodex and trying to challenge him. Like he had to be IC champion. No, but he was right. a tag team champion with Tito. Yeah, as a part of Strike Force, but he never held a singles title in the WWF. He held a singles title in WCW in the nineties. Oh, right? He was the TV champion for a brief period of time, and he used to have some great matches with like Booker T. Yeah, there was, was, some... a, was Booker T where he he tore both his ACLs, right? Who Booker or Martel? Martel. You, yeah, I, it was either one or both. I, I remember. I thought it was both of them. Maybe I, I don't remember. Yeah. It could be, you know, I, I could be wrong too. You might be right. I don't know, but I remember him getting injured in the match with Booker. And he finished it. I think he finished it. Yeah, I think yeah. it was. I don't know if it was a pay per view or if it was on TV, but uh, I do remember hearing that he got hurt in this match with Booker. Yeah, that. Uh... And your boy Marty J. Yep. How crazy is this motherfucker? Mark oh, he's Kennedy. a lunatic. <laughs> uh, by the time this drops, I wouldn't be surprised if he's fucking convicted. Or at least they go to trial. Like, he's crazy. His Facebook is just... Yeah, for, from... Uh, his social media, he just... He says the most foul things about things he's done with women and the, the amount of drugs. And, like, he is such a lost cause. Like... And you know what the weird thing is? Is that, like... You know, the, the narrative over the years has been, like wrestlers you know die young because of drug use and this that and the other fucking marty Jannetty has pickled himself and has done just about every drug in every different form or fashion 
and 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 drank himself into a stupor and he's still alive yeah i mean god willing you know by the time this recording drops in november i'm sure that uh you know hopefully he'll be alive i don't want the man to die but um for many many years guys like jake roberts and and scott hall you'd be like when are we going to find out that this guy's in a gutter somewhere dead you yeah. know when are we going to find out that you know this guy didn't wake up and it's over for him you know what i mean if any of you heard that noise in the background that's my dryer uh, buzzer going off so don't be alarmed um you know what I mean? Marty Jannetty's in that category. When are we going to find out that like someone found him dead in a hotel room? And I don't want that to happen, but in the road that he's going down with everything that he posts on social media. Yeah. Now, you could also make an argument, too, that he's doing it for attention. That, oh, absolutely. That a lot of this could be bullshit. Well, granted, a lot of these people that die from drugs and stuff like that, those always had that cry for attention type, yeah. of, type of moment. Or a cry for help. I met him se- several years ago. So when I used to do the the Ken Reedy show with Ken, um, he had a friend in the local New York area. His name was Carlos, and he did freelance camera work, and he did it for WWE, and he would do it for a lot of indie promotions and um, stuff like that. And so Carlos was working um, as a vendor at an indie show in New Jersey during WrestleMania weekend, the first time they went to MetLife in 2013. And so his friend Carlos said, there's this show. Would you like to come? I can get you in, et cetera, et cetera. I know the promoter. So we got there early and it was like this huge card, like Juice and Thunder Liger was on. Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov were making their last appearances together. Marty Jannetty, Ricky and Robert, the Rock and Roll Express, John Morrison. Like it was like Carlito, Tommy Dreamer, New Jack. I mean, there was like a ton of people on this show. It was like a 14 match card. And like we didn't get to intermission probably about till about two and a half hours into the show. So Carlos meets... He, he says, he goes, you want to meet Marty Jannetty? He goes, Mar- you know, I, I've, I've driven Marty to shows. I know Marty, blah, blah, blah. So Carlos was like the mayor. Carlos knew everyone, knew all the guys, mm-hmm. introduced us. You know, this is before the, do- you know, uh, got in the door and, uh, or when the doors, you know, before the doors opened. And so Marty Jannetty walks in and he's walking with this like really noticeable limp. And I look down and his foot is like, the top of his foot is like planted inward. He doesn't even have his fucking sneaker on. And he you look at his foot and like it was just mangled. And he just seemed kind of out of it. I don't know if he was on the influ- under the influence of something, but he just seemed very out of it and then um he mentioned that, you know, he's trying to get surgery on this foot. But that WWE won't send him to rehab because he's he's I guess he put out a cry for help with WWE that um, you know he needs help and he wants rehab and etc and he needs them to pay for it and, and he's claiming that they didn't want to do it and he said I wouldn't be taking all these pills for my foot if you guys just paid for the surgery etc etc and nothing ever really came of it I don't know if he got the surgery or not but Dennis when I tell you and I know that people are listening it's kind of hard to envision it but like his foot was like like the side, the ins, the heel inside here was like flat, like this, and, but like part of the top of his foot was still like it was just it was fucking like like someone ran over his foot. 
and I don't even know how it happened. I was wondering. And I was like, how's he going to wrestle a match? He's supposed to wrestle on this show. Yeah. And he fucking, they taped up his foot and he had a match. It wasn't the greatest, but he moved around like, and it, you could tell there was some limp, but like, it, I don't know. It was just, I was like, holy cow. Like, and he looked fucking, you know, ridden hard and put away wet. Like he was, he was in rough shape yeah. physically just looking at him. And I was like, Jesus Christ. I, I, I remember he walked away and I said to my buddy Ken and I even said to Carlos, I was like, God damn, is he all right? And Carlos played it off like, oh, that's just Marty. Like, that's just, that's just Marty. Like his fucking foot. Like you might as well just chop the damn thing off. What the fuck are you going to do to it? I, that's what I said. I was like, holy crap. Like, he, how's he going to wrestle? Carlos like, oh, it's just Marty. I was like, wow. I, I, just, I, I was just amazed. Yeah. I, I was just absolutely amazed. So, and, I was, and, would, then, and literally, Ken looked at me. He was like, he goes, that's why you don't do drugs. What year, what year can we take with this? 2013. Okay. Yeah. 2013. He did. did the company's still around, the indie group. They're called WrestlePro. Um, I think I heard of them. Yeah, they're, they're based out of New Jersey, and so, I definitely heard of them. Yeah, they were they, they had a, they ran they run big cards and they had a, like a lot of got like that's how I met the Rock and Roll Express. I met Superstar Billy Graham that night. Um, I wanted to meet Jushin Liger, but he I got I didn't get a chance to. Um, Car Carlito, I met that night. I met a bunch of the guys. Some of the guys were real cool, and Carlos was real cool introducing me to people and stuff. But. Um, yeah, I'll never forget it. I was just like amazed at like what his foot looked like, and just I was like, dude, I used to watch you jump off the top rope with Shawn Michaels. You were one of my favorite tag teams of all time. Now you can barely walk into the fucking building. Yeah, like that's just how sad it was. My goodness. As so we see, it's Jake. Was it Jake and Shawn that's left? Yeah, Jake and Shawn. Jake yeah. and Shawn, and then the, the the entire Visionaries team is still intact. Yeah, Mar they, yeah they got work to do. Martel, Hercules, Roma, and uh, Warlord. And then, uh. Yeah, I, I just can't get over to all the crazy shit Marty Jennings says on his on his uh, social media. Like, you know. The uh, sexual stuff yeah, with women yeah, and yeah, like. Underage girls. Yeah. Borderline and underage like the, in some cases. I guess he yeah, confessed to a murder and. Yeah, I don't even know what the status of that is to be uh, honest. But he said he was molested, right? And then he wanted. To he has said like a, or he would like the guy tried to molest him or something to okay. that effect. Something to that effect. He was. He said he used to work behind the bowling alley, and um, the guy that worked at the bowling alley with him wanted to buy weed or something, but the guy got a little you know handsy with him, and yeah. he, he he admitted to. He admitted to getting physical with him, and that you know, I said the guy's probably in the the Chattahoochee River or something like that. I forget what the fuck, but and then like the cop, like once it went viral and the cops fucking saw it, then they looked into it. But I, as of this time of the recording, there's really not been much of an update. But who he's knows? probably full of shit. But there's a good chance he could be full of shit because yeah. he's he, he if, does... he can, if he committed a murder, I don't know. You could, there's also there's also stupid people out there. There are just dumb people out there that will say stuff that did happen, or that that is true, and they shouldn't have said it. Yeah. You know there are dumb people out there. If you could if you could categorize 2020 and the year that we have experienced with everything going on in our world, 
There's a lot of stupid fucking people out there. <laughs> yeah, kind of right. There's a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it just, it, it's it's a fact, in, in my opinion. But I'm not going to get into what our year of 2020 has brought us. Yeah. I might do an end of the year recap. I don't know. Even though this is a, a retro podcast, maybe I'll do it. Uh, it's been interesting. It's, it's been an interesting, yeah. you know, in terms of, you know, what the pandemic has done to wrestling. Um and, and how wrestling has, you know, suffered but also thrived. Yeah. During during this these set of circumstances, I don't know. I was thinking about it. I was thinking about maybe just picking a random show to watch and end the year off right. Who knows? But that you know, I got a month for that. So, but yeah, working on Shawn Michaels Hercules back in quick tag from Martell. Big, uh... big old Herc. If you think um, Sean being the uh, uh, the one that's going to be um, more into the match than Margin Eddy was uh, foreshadowing his singles run, I don't know. I don't know if they. I don't know if they. They they saw at this time something in him in a singles run. I really don't know. I know from what I've read. And I love this finish. I do too. This is this is a very underrated finish. Yeah, not as good as the the one they did at SummerSlam, but um, and now Jake's all alone. Here we go, four on one. Really at an advantage. Um, yeah, I don't know what they saw if they saw it in him at this time. I I really don't. I don't. I mean, I think there was a lot going on for them to see that in him. I don't, but I don't know. I I know that from what I've read and from what I've heard that. Um, Janetti had Janetti had dug himself into his own grave at times with management for things he said like so the the original I think Sean and Marty were just kind of growing apart they were they were friends on the road they they partied together they hung out together but it got to a point where I think they just kind of grew apart and they both wanted different things and it was time for them to split up and from what Shawn Michaels recalls in his book Janetti had a disagreement with management over how much they got paid to be on a Wheaties cereal box because apparently the road warriors got more money than them okay and they felt they deserved more so on behalf of Shawn he said to them all right guess what guys we're done we're out we'll, you know our contracts are coming up we're going to go to WCW and Sean had no idea that this conversation happened. And Sean, one day, I guess, I don't know if it was at a TV taping or a phone call that took place or something, but um, I think Vince said to him, it's like, I'm sad to hear you're leaving. You know, love to have you around, you know. And Sean was like, what are you talking about? And they said, oh, Marty says you guys are going to WCW. And that was when, uh, oh, here comes Martell with the arrogance right in the eyes of Jake. I think that's going to do it here. Um, so, yeah, Marty kind of spoke on their behalf and spoke a little too soon. And they didn't end up getting a deal in the first place. Marty was just kind of talking out his ass. And Sean was pissed. And Sean told Vince, he was like, I'm not leaving. I never had any plans to leave. 
So uh, that was the end of that. And they let go of Marty not long after. And then they started the singles run with Sean. Now notice here. Remember the first match? Remember the last match when they counted out Undertaker and Dusty together? Yeah. Okay. Jake goes and chases Martel. But the referee counts out Jake only. So that the entire team with Martel, Hercules, and Warlord are the sole survivors. The are you entire sure? team. I thought um, Martel did get counted out. That's what I thought too. But they'll make it to the grand finale match of survival to team with the million okay. dollar man in this instance. So it was five then. It was five. It oh, okay. I thought five. I thought before No, okay. it, it ends up being five. And it's, All right. Yeah, it's a five on three. Um there's Warriors in Eventually, Hogan will be in, and then Tito Santana will be in. So it'll be five heels against three baby faces. So they give the baby faces the, you know, the, the, the comeback story. But yeah, Martel wasn't counted out in this instance. But the match before, Undertaker and Dusty, they were counted out, and they were both eliminated. So it's the narrative that they want to control. Pay per view on a Saturday night, Royal Rumble 1991. One of the. Uh, Great match from that pay-per-view. Rockers, Orient Express. Yeah, that was a good match. What we got coming up next here? What's going on? Are we going to get the egg? What are we doing here? I guess they is. Oh. I, don't, I don't know. Oh, it's Piper and uh, Piper and Monsoon. Looks like Piper's having a great time. He's always having a great time. <laughs> I don't think... Uh, I don't know. I'm sorry. I made a mistake. I was thinking that, that you know these two didn't work together much. But Piper and Monsoon were on commentary for a few pay-per-views, and then they would throw Bobby Heenan into the mix. Yeah. Um, well, they didn't have Bobby Heenan for it. I know he had the manager. He was managing, but yeah, they, then they had him double dipping for a while. And oh, here we go, Hulkamaniacs. Let's let's play the audio for this. Hulk Hogan. Well, you know something, brother? Me and all my little holsters, we've been surviving around the WWF for quite some time now, little dude. And you know, now that the whole world is in a state of confusion, and especially the WWF is turning topsy-turvy, this is our chance to prove that the four demands of the training, the prayers, the vitamins, and believing in yourself will make you a survivor in any situation, man. You know, first off, dudes, I've assembled the baddest team of Hulkamaniacs I could possibly find. I saw Jim Duggan with a two-by-four. is a deadly weapon in himself. And the big tugboat brother, he's just like the USS Missouri, man, watching all my little holsters back. And when you're in a Survivor Series, dudes, sometimes there are no rules, man. But this time, the big boss man is going to be laying down all the law and order, brothers. Uh, I've been a survivor all my life, and tonight will be no different. And when this thing's all said and done, and it's all over, Bobby Heenan, we're going to see if you can survive. How about it, Tugboat? You, you know it, boss man, because the old Tugboat is just like the Battleship Missouri, brother. He's loaded. He's ready for battle, brother. He's got the Hulkamaniacs backs covered, and it's just like out in the wild. Only the strong survive. That's right. It's Turkey Day. It's Survivor Series. Everybody's all excited. The hair on the back of the neck standing up. The blood's pumping through the heart. And there's a reason these yellow rivers are on the 2x4. Tell them about it, Hulkster. 
You know, that's right, tough guy. The first thing in our sights is we've got our focuses on winning a Survivor Series and proving that the Hulkamaniacs can't survive, brother. But the reason we're also here is we're dedicating this match to all the men and women all over the world who are all Hulkamaniacs, man, serving and fighting for our country, but especially the men and the women over there in the Middle East right now, brother, that are hanging on and fighting for all of us, brother. And as far as I'm concerned, President Bush, as soon as the Survivor Series is over and me and my Hulkamaniacs prove that we are really survivors, if you need an extra little heavy artillery or if you need any kind of help, brother, we volunteer yeah, our services, yeah, yeah. man. And as far as I'm concerned, Saddam Hussein, what you gonna do when my team of survivors runs wild on you? All right, back to you, Gorilla. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't bad. Um, so originally for this match, Dennis, I don't know if you remember this, but originally for this match, Rick Rude was advertised to be on this Natural Disasters team. Um, we see Earthquake here coming out with Dino Bravo and Jimmy Hart. It was originally supposed to be Earthquake, Dino Bravo, Rick Rude, and I believe the Barbarian okay. were supposed to be a part of this team. Um, but Rick Rude had quit the promotion, and he was in the middle of a storyline uh, rivalry with the Big Boss Man. They started the the, the storyline where Bobby Heenan would make fun of the Big Boss Man's mother, and... Um, that would turn into a rivalry with Bossman and Rude. Rude left the WWF over a, a contract dispute. It had something to do with money and I think probably his position on the card. So he quit and then uh, uh, they put Haku in his place for this match. As we see him making his way down the aisle here. Timestamp at 1 hour 11 minutes and 44 seconds, 45, 46 just doing that because earlier there was a little bit of a technical difficulty. I uh, just want to make sure everyone that's doing the watch along with us is uh, back on track here. Barbarian. Never really understood the whole thing with the antlers. and. That's probably I'm like Conan, you know? Yeah, I didn't, uh, didn't really care for that. Um, just That was just me personally. Didn't have a... Just thought it was silly. I like I liked Barbarian, you know, Powers of Pain. Okay. Him and Warlord. Yeah. As a team. I didn't see the reason in splitting them up, but And this big bag of wind coming down the aisle. Uh, tugboat? Tugboat. Shockmaster. Shockmaster, that's right. I'm the shockmaster. <laughs> I'm coming for you in the fall brawl and the war games. I don't um, get why he didn't um the Shockmaster. Why didn't when it was war games time, he looked totally different. It made no sense. Yeah, he came out with the hard hat and the fucking yeah. yeah they didn't they didn't do the mount. They, well, they, by that point the helmet was already off. So I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm like, we gonna do put it back on? Yeah. Were they supposed to wrestle in that thing? I don't. I I think that was the intention. I could be mistaken, but I think that was the intention. Because wasn't that the problem? You couldn't see the helmet. So. The the story I've heard regarding the Shockmaster incident was a couple of things. One, they took an old Star Wars Stormtrooper helmet and they fucking spray-painted it and put like silver glitter on yeah, it. You could clearly tell us what it was. Okay. And then they took pantyhose and they cut the pantyhose and put them in the eye, um, inside the, the, the helmet in the eye area so that he could see. There wasn't necessarily an issue with him being able to see. Okay. It was the wall that they built. 
It was underneath, yeah. There was a two-by-four by his legs that they put underneath there that he didn't know about. So when he was supposed to bust through the wall, there wasn't supposed to be a two-by-four underneath. Dusty Rhodes has said, because Dusty Rhodes was the one that came up with the idea, Dusty Rhodes said that David Crockett, who was head of production, put the two-by-four there to sabotage the idea. And so when he hit, he flipped over. Excuse me, hit the mic. Uh, he flipped over from the two-by-four, and that's why... The helmet came off, and so we got you what think, we got. So you think it was? Uh, you think Dusty was right? Or it was sabotage. I don't know. I don't know if it was a sabotage or not. But I mean, but because you, it, it, but it's it's one of those things that like it's become such a big cult cult like moment in wrestling. Is it's got this underground like appreciation of it that like in the nineties people looked at it as like oh that was fucking terrible. Now people, it's like. They sell Shockmaster. WWE marketed a Shockmaster action figure. They've had him on the Edge and Christian show doing the Shockmaster thing. He makes money at conventions when they've been doing conventions before COVID as the Shockmaster. So it's a blessing in some ways if you think about it. Yeah. But I don't know if it was a sabotage job or not. But all I know is if you go back and you look at the video, you see where his like he busts through the wall, but you see where the walls the wall stops and there there's there's a piece of two by four there that he just kinda falls over. Yeah, when you watch cartoons and what uh, or not cartoons per se, but uh commercials yep. when people go through the, the, the wall and stuff. Yeah. And they never had that fucking Yeah, I don't know what that was all about. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, that that pretty much ended and, and, and I think ended him. You think the Shockmaster could have worked? He goes. He steps over. He steps over I the. I don't know. He 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 saw the the. Let's pretend he saw the whatever. The two by four. The two by four. And he just he stepped, stepped over it. Yeah. I don't know. I think it would have. It was 1993 at the time when that when that when that angle occurred. So it was like. There was a lot of crazy shit that was in 1993. Giant Gonzalez had a fucking bodysuit with hair on it. Yep. We had a Doink the Clown, even though that was probably a... a, a, a I love I, I like Doink, I too. You're saying, Better, you're but, you know, I mean, the, the, the hokier, over-the-top characters of that time... 1993 was a year where both promotions were throwing anything at the wall to that see was the what ding would dogs. Wouldn't it, we were, you know, yeah, that, that was before... That was this year, I think. That was okay. 1990. I didn't know there was such thing as ding dongs until I watched that WCW documentary. I love the ding dongs. I, I had no clue. I was like, they did ding dongs, <laughs> and then they put that, and then that documentary on on the network, the WCW Rise and Fall, and they, have, they I, showed the clip, and I was yeah. like, they really did ding dongs, like that's crazy. Yeah. But look at the look, look, we got a group of guys in the ring here. Okay, some of them have been through some fucking hokey shit, and we've talked about it before. I mean, tugboat. Would then become Typhoon with Earthquake. Yeah. They would be the Natural Disasters, which was an underrated tag team. Haku, for the most part, he kind of kept the the island sort of mercenary type gimmick as he yeah. was Mang in WCW. Barbarian kind of had the same thing. He was the Barbarian everywhere he went, um, just you know altering the look up a little bit. I'm surprised uh, Vince allowed him to use that gimmick and. Uh... I think he had already marked. I think he was barbarian before he became before he went to uh, WWF. Okay, because they were in Crockett for a little bit when they were managed by um, I think it was Ivan Koloff. Ivan Koloff managed uh, uh, Warlord Barbarian as a team before they came to WWF, 
And then Baron Von Rasky was their manager briefly for like a hot second in the WWF. But uh, anyhow, um, boss man here on the apron. He was a few different personas. He was Big Bubba Rogers yep. for a long time. He was the big boss man. He was the boss. He was the guardian angel. He was, you know what I mean? Like he went through the gamut of, 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 of dumb shit too. Yeah. You know? But the most popular one of them all had to be the big boss man. Absolutely. And we kind of talked about it, you know, on the, the World War Three uh, recording uh, recently that, uh, you know, boss man arguably, you know, did he need to go into the Hall of Fame? No, but he was pretty popular, so I can see yeah. why they put him in the Hall Again, of Fame. Again, that's the Coco Beware theory. Yeah, it's the, it's, the, it's the Coco Beware factor, and yeah. everyone hates throwing that out there, but I mean, come on. How many people were like, oh yeah, Coco Beware deserves to be in the Hall of Fame? Nobody. People were like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> you put you put Coco Beware in there before you put Macho Man, before yeah. you put Rick Rude, before you put fucking, who, you know what I mean? Like, come on. Oh, Bobby Heenan with the bump. So talking about like the Hall of Fame, they didn't do one this year so far, huh? They haven't. Yeah, as far I as I thought, it was gonna. Uh, they were talking about SummerSlam, but then that changed. It wouldn't surprise me. See, we don't even know if we're gonna have a WrestleMania again next year. We don't know what COVID's gonna do to, yeah. to our society. We don't know if we're gonna have a vaccine by then. And even if we have a vaccine, we're we gonna be able to have a hundred thousand people in the stadium. We don't know that. You know, by the time this recording drops, we'll be two months into football season if the if the NFL even has a season. Yeah. You know, they want to do limited capacity. A lot of these states aren't allowing their stadiums to run at limited capacity. So I don't know what they, you know, I, I would imagine if, if they were to allow, you know, if they were to allow fans to come back, you know, for for WrestleMania next year, at, at the new stadium in Los Angeles, I would be I would be willing to bet that they will probably induct that class in 2021, and not do like try to cram in two Hall of Fames. You know what yeah. I mean? But who knows? By the time this recording drops, they could have done something. Well, like your brother you know, said that that uh, um, the Undertaker. That he doesn't, he could have his own yeah. Hall of Fame. So, so, yeah. so why not just have those guys and, and Undertaker. Undertaker? Yeah, that's yeah. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be against that either. I wouldn't be against that either. You know, by the time this recording drops, it will be you know the day before Thanksgiving in 2020. Be a week removed from you know a few days removed from Survivor Series 2020. So who knows? Maybe they'll have announced Undertaker going into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, you know, right around the anniversary of when he debuted in the WWE. I don't know. I'm just taking a guess. I, I you know, I could be right by the time this recording drops and all that stuff could have happened, but um, I don't necessarily see that being the case we don't know what's going to happen we don't we just don't know but uh and the reason why uh, you know for all you out there i'm recording this ahead of time um you know i'll by the time this recording drops i'll be you know working my new job with the state of connecticut and therefore i probably won't have a whole lot of time so i'm trying to get a bunch of these in and 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 available for you so there's regular content produced but um duggan just got disqualified he used Smart. the yellow ribbon two by four to put a hurtin' on the quake. Why the yellow ribbon? Was that supposed to be? That for was for like, the troops. I that's think. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah, that was for the troops because they kind of mentioned that. Um, 
And why do I don't get why instead of uh, the uh, like, you know they're talking about Iraq and all sort of stuff. Why are they not fighting against the uh, Sergeant Slaughter team? Because they haven't really. Because Hogan still was having this thing going on with Earthquake. Okay. All these. I think they were wrapping all this up. But they definitely, based on Hogan's promo in there talking about Saddam Hussein and you know fighting for the, fighting for America, they clearly were heading in the direction of Hogan and Slaughter. Um, but they just needed to, and they were still in the process of building Slaughter too. You know, Slaughter was going up against Nikolai Volkov as like you know the, the captain of the other team. They needed to give Slaughter some some big time victories. Yeah. Oh, that power slam is beautiful. Yeah. I, I, I like the, uh, the earthquake drop, whatever. Mm-hmm. That, uh, but that, that power slam, he should have finished the matches with that thing. That thing was beautiful. Yeah, either way, you could have. It would have been believable if he slammed someone, or if he just did the earthquake splash. Like either, either one could have worked, in my opinion. Dino Bravo putting the boots. I was, a, I was a fan of Dino Bravo. I know he was an '80s heel that inspired yeah. you. That was one of the first things you said in our podcast that I disagreed with. <laughs> <laughs> Hogan with a roll up. I forgot about that. Hogan with a Hogan with a roll up. Wow, I didn't think he was going to be able to do that. Actually, I shouldn't say that because I've seen Hogan wrestle and work like oh, in Japan, God. and you watch some of his older stuff. Yeah. If he wanted to, he could fucking work. I watched a match with him and Anoki from like 1980 in Japan, and I was like, it was like 83, I think it was. I forget when it was, but it was in the early 80s, before his big run, as you know, in in the Hulkamania era. And my goodness, yeah, I'm always strength was that. Catch the big boss man. Oh, I know, big, and he's a big boy too. Like, I mean, granted, he slimmed and trimmed down, but he is a big boy. What do you say, three hundred? Yeah, you oh, think? easy. He was probably about like three fifteen, three twenty there. He caught him like it was nothing. But he used to be bigger than that. Remember when he was the big boss man? He was a little tubbier. Yeah, of course. You know. Now he's like the skin boss man because he was because <laughs> he was skinny. Oh, the way uh, the boss man saw that elbow drop. Was I used to like how he sold stuff where he'd kick his feet like he was having a seizure. Yeah. Not that I find having a seizure to be amusing, but I was just trying to give you guys a good visual here. So earthquake eliminates the big boss man, and now it's back to Hogan and the quake. I still got Hogan. Earthquake, Barbarian, and I believe uh, Tugboat. Oh, that's right, Tugboat. I think Tugboat's still in it. Yeah, yep, he's there still he is. Barbarian and Earthquake. So you got to figure somehow Tugboat's going to get eliminated next, and then be Hogan eliminate Barbarian. Yeah, because Hogan's got to come back. You know yeah. what I mean? So you need to have like a, a, a part of the match where you know the baby faces. Doesn't look good for him. Like right here. It's probably one of those situations where, alright, now Hogan's gonna have to make the comeback. Yep. Nope, rake to the eyes. Tried to slam him, did the old WrestleMania 3 spot like they did with Andre. It never did work, did it? Or, or you got the, uh, the face, like the. Like the, the smaller face trying trying to body slam the huge monster heel. And the monster heel just falls on him. I can't think of one time where that actually worked where where the heel got the three count out to that. 
Uh, after, yeah, I don't remember either, but I know that like it's been done to death. Like, you know, th- they'll try the first time be unsuccessful, but then later on in the match when they go for the comeback. Yeah. I mean, i.e. Hogan and Andre. First few seconds into the match, Hogan tried to slam Andre. Andre fell on him, got a two count. That was where they tried to do the whole controversy surrounding the count in that match. And then later on, as we all know, the big WrestleMania moment, Hogan slams Andre and, you know, the rest is history. Tugboat gets the hot tag in here. I thought it was as a kid. I, you know, I really believed that was the first time Andre got slammed. And then you, they did yeah. it on YouTube. Same. Kamala, Stan Harley Race, Stan Hansen, Bruiser Brody. Yeah, Bruce. yeah. <laughs> I know. I yeah, as a kid, I was like, oh my god, Hulk, like for years. And then like when I got older, and there was this thing called YouTube, <laughs> you know, and the internet, it was like, you know, fucking Andre's been slammed a bunch of times. Yeah. Oh, here we go. The big men. Looks like this is gonna set up the count out here. For both Earthquake and Tugboat. Alright. I think so. Yep, Shane McMahon telling Tugboat he's out. So that must mean Earthquake's gone too. So they leave Hogan to fucking have Barbarian job out to him. Yeah. I wish that'd be a good fight in real life, Barbarian Hogan. In real life, Barbarian would smother him. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. I, where was it? I saw a Perry Saturn shoot interview. Someone asked him a question. They were like, Haku is arguably the toughest guy in all of the wrestling business, but who could give him a run for his money? And and Perry Saturn said one time he fucking saw a fight between him and Barba- Barbarian and Haku in a hotel when they were in WCW. And Barbarian fucking stood his ground. Like, Barbarian was the only one to step up to Haku. Like, Haku was feared by everyone, but Barbarian was the only person that had ever been like, no, try me, brother. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. I've heard I've heard some stories about Barbarian being one to hold his own in a, in a physical altercation if a fan ever gets involved. And, you know, the whole, you know, the, back in the day, especially when, you know, the, they tried to keep kayfabe alive. Yeah. If the fans called bullshit and called fake in the bar, you had to defend it. And if you fucking lost to a fucking outsider in a bar, you were fired from the territory. So a lot of those guys would fucking fight just to keep their jobs. Some of them would fight just because they like to fight. But yeah. <laughs> that uh, I just thought it was kind of funny talking about Haku. That 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 uh, um, I was watching um, a a Triple H interview and I talked about the. Like the invasion of Nitro, right? He go he, that that uh, him and Vince are talking about it, and they go, "What happens if they open the door and Haku comes out or something?" You know, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Well, it could get interesting." That that, that uh, I always wonder that it's like you know because they go around the, you know they're knocking they're, on the door, they knocked on the door, TV, yeah. live TV, right? Was it live? So those those shots were taped during the day. They they were All those right. were pre-taped. Those weren't live. They try to claim like they try to claim that shit was live. That wasn't live. Like that was during the day. Like they didn't like Nitro wasn't going on when DX was outside. All there was a million fans hanging outside that arena with the tank and everything. Yeah. There's no fucking way that all those people found out DX was outside, left the building to go check them out while Nitro was alive on the air. That's a good point. Don't buy it. You know, don't buy it. Or they could have had their own guys or whatever. Like a, there's a lot of people. That's true. That's a lot of fans. You. Well, can you imagine though? <laughs> knock, knock. 
boom, yeah. Bing, and Barbarian, then, the Giant. All oh yeah, all those guys. Yeah, I know. Good luck. I had heard that. I had heard <laughs> that some of those guys that that it wasn't to the to the to the majority of the WCW guys. Yep. It wasn't treated as like, oh, what the fuck are they doing here? Let's go fuck these guys up. It was like, oh wow, this is cool, because by that point. Everyone that was working for WCW was just collecting a paycheck, just like Hogan here with this leg drop and yep. the victory as uh, he pins the Barbarian. And Hulk Hogan <laughs> is now the sole survivor. So if we're keeping score here in this watch-along, it's Million Dollar Man, Rick, Rick Martell, Power and Glory, and the Warlord set to take on Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior. But there's one more Survivor Series elimination match, um, and Tito Santana is going to end up becoming the victor of that. Spoiler alert. That's right. Um, I, I was wondering... Who the heck was the survivor? And yeah, that's right. That, but that was like a whole mishmash of guys that they just fucking threw together just to have a match. Um, yeah, that's 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 pretty. Oh, that's nice, Hulk. Yeah, just wipe your sweat all over some sign that some kid made for you with their bed sheet. Yeah, because that's what some fucking eight-year-old's gonna want. Oh, Hulk was a teenager. Adult. <laughs> oh, good. We whacked on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> His Hulkamania gravy. Yeah. <laughs> like, Hogan, fuck you, Hogan. Hogan must pose, as always, as they like to say. It's the, it's the big uh, the big phrase these days in the wrestling podcast world. Hogan must pose. Yeah, so uh, Hogan got the big victory, and uh, he set the team with Warrior later on. This uh, Survivor Series, the grand finale match of survival. Uh, Hulk Hogan and... Uh, Ultimate Warrior on one side, as I mentioned earlier. But, um, yeah, so this is, they clearly were wrapping up him and Earthquake with this. Um, and then doing, uh, heading towards, uh, uh, Royal Rumble. And with Slaughter set to face Warrior for the title. Uh, it was, uh, it was clear that, um, the collision there had now was Hogan and Slaughter. I mean, I remember as a kid, even, I would say, here we go. I remember as a kid. That's what my podcast should be called, not kicking out the two. I remember as a kid. <laughs> Stories of one Dave Rosenmuth as a pro wrestling fan. But uh, Hogan, as a kid, I used to say, oh, Hulk's going to get the belt back. Hulk will get the belt back. Oh, he's got to be the one to take down Slaughter. He's going to get the belt back, you know? Yeah. Um, even that was before even Slaughter had the belt. Because I had a feeling Slaughter was going to be a warrior for the belt as a kid. I just had this feeling. I was like, yeah, they're not going to do Hogan a Warrior again. Hogan get the belt back from Warrior. Plus, they were really pushing Slaughter hard at that point. Um, what do we got coming up next here? Are we going to do the egg? Are we going to do the big reveal? Come it must on. be. It's right there. It's right there. Yeah, they got the big spot. Did they promote the egg? Did the egg go on tour at they all? They promoted the egg. Yeah, let's let's play the audio. Red Hartford tonight at the Survivor Series. Please welcome my Oh, they're not doing the egg. The Macho King, Randy Savage. Oh, I forgot. Those guys can barely carry that thing. You notice how that throne used to be like all the way like up high in the air? Yeah. Those guys, those four guys, can barely carry that thing. I forgot Savage was not on this show. And I don't know why. 
Nacho King, you find yourself in a little different role here at the Survivor Series this year. As a matter of fact, you're a spectator. And I know for a fact you sat down and had that big Thanksgiving turkey with all of the trimmings, the dressing, the mashed potatoes, the sweet potatoes. You're a pretty hungry. contented man right now. You don't know anything about the Macho King, Mean Gene Okerlund. And if you don't realize that I'm the once and future World Wrestling Federation champion, well then I'm just going to have to say that you're one of the biggest turkeys of all time. But the ultimate warrior is going to be the ultimate turkey when I take that title back. And that's my title, understand? I, I understand to a point, Macho King. The one thing I recall just a couple of months ago, you wouldn't soil your hands. You let a woman do your dirty work when sensational Queen Sherry went on the Brother Love Show and insulted the ultimate warrior time and time again. Unbelievably wrong you are, yeah. Not once, not twice, but three times. Sensational Queen Sherry the ultimate chicken. Yeah. <laughs> the ultimate chicken. That's right. That's awfully strong. And he is going to be the ultimate loser. Yeah. There was no response. Then he was in a state of shock because he realizes that the Macho King Randy Savage is going to take his title back and there is nothing that he can do about it. That's right. Just a second. Macho King, I recall after sensational Queen Sherry hit the Ultimate Warrior, he went looking for you and you were nowhere to be found. Well, he's not looking in the right places. Just tonight, I am scoping him out, but I don't see anything special. I am the special one in the World Wrestling Federation, past, present, and future, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I am the greatest superstar ever to step into the head squared circle and Gene Okerlund don't bet against me. Alright, I'm not I'm not above asking you a final question after you have stated your claim Macho King, where do we go from here? Well, after I prove to everyone all around the world who is the best that I may just retire Mean Gene Okerlund because I have more than proven that the Macho King is number one. Dig it? I, I, I probably do, but I got the feeling that maybe 15 or 18,000 don't dig it. Oh, let me tell you something. When the time comes that my championship hands touch the Ultimate Warrior, you'll realize it. Oh, yeah! Sounds good promo. Yeah, it was pretty good promo. Sounds like uh, we're headed towards Warrior and Savage, uh, which we would eventually see at WrestleMania 7. Uh, yeah, pretty strong promo from Randy Savage. I was really surprised why he wasn't, or, you know, why they didn't put him on the show here, other than just this. Have him on Team America or something. I would say he's in a heel, but uh, I don't know. I guess there really just wasn't a place for him. I guess it's more for protection, too, I guess. Yeah, and, uh, maybe. I don't know. See, Nikolai, 
Tito Santana, and I believe the Bushwhackers are going to be on this team. Talk about a hodgepodge of uh, of uh, it's funny the, the, that, uh, the best of the best jobbers. That's someone from the USSR, um, New Zealand. Australia, New Zealanders, and where's Tito Santana from? Uh, I don't know if he's billed from Mexico or not, but I don't think he's a United States citizen. I don't think he is either. Was, so, so categorized to us on the on the. So four non-United States citizens. It's Team America. That uh, then they're they're gonna face um, Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah, <laughs> who's an American hero? Yeah, Boris Zukov and the Orient Express. Okay, so the only person that's American is Slaughter, <laughs> and everyone else is from a different country. Go yeah. figure. He looks scary. Yeah, he does with the face paint. Yeah, yeah. and then Adnan's out there with him. Oh, let's see this promo from Slaughter. Let's go to Beijing. I wanted to point out to you and your cohorts that the Survivor Series is being shown around the world to our armed forces. They're going to be seeing you in action here tonight against the Alliance, and especially those great guys and gals who are serving our country proudly over in the Persian Gulf. And by the way, they find you and your commanding officer despicable. Despicable! Despicable! Stand at attention, you few! Shut that hole! And listen up! And all you maggots out there! Listen up! Despicable! It's saluting the red, white, and blue! I Battle against President Saddam. 
because the Iraqi army soldier is just like the mercenary and sergeant slaughter. We take no prisoners and we are survivors. That was long. Yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah, because I wasn't wasn't on the live mic, and you're just, and you're in the audience. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah, what's taking these assholes <laughs> so long? Get the fuck down to the ring. Let's go. Let's get the show on the road. We gotta beat traffic. But uh, yeah, that. Uh, and I forgot Fuji managed these two either. So he had two tag teams. He had Demolition and he had the Orient Express. Okay. Yeah, I do. Yeah, of course. But I forgot that they man he managed them at the same time. I I know I don't remember that. Because Fuji must have just started managing Demolition not long before this show. Yeah. I did the, how did Fuji even, like... Was he uh, part of Demolition from day one? Like, how did them two, like... So, he managed Demolition when they first debuted. Or not long after, I think. I think they came in and then they paired, like, they, they paired them up with him. And he was, he was with them for a while. Excuse me. Then they did the switch at that Survivor Series where Fuji cost them the match and he was with Powers of Pain. Okay. You remember that? Yeah. And then after that, he was with Powers of Pain for a while. Demolition were baby faces. Then Demolition turned heel when they brought Crush in and it was just the three of them. And then not long before this, they put, they put Fuji back with them. I don't know why they felt the need to put him back, but they did. Not that I had any issue with it because... I certainly didn't, but, um, yeah, there was no really rhyme or reason. I think they just, they needed to, I, I don't want to say reestablish demolition. Two, three, there you go. Borisukov, see you later. <laughs> Sato from the Orient Express in next, working on Tito Santana. I can't believe that um, he turns out to be... Um... Uh, Hakushi's manager. Yeah, Shinja. Yep. <laughs> yep. Apparently, it's um. Did you tell me that, that uh, I haven't watched New Japan since the pandemic? But did you tell me that he's uh, he's managing like uh, so someone in New Japan or something, right? Not that I'm no, aware okay. of. I, I mean, I don't watch a whole lot of New Japan pro wrestling, so I can't really. Oh, Pat Tanaka. And they're wearing cheap paint. You look at Tio Santana's all over him. Yeah. It's in the ring, too, isn't it? The paint? Yeah, yeah. I think the paint's rubbed off. It's on, it's on the canvas. You can see some of it there. Also, them guys are sweating, too. I'm sure it didn't take much for that paint yeah. to come off, you know? Slaughter looked like he was dripping in it during that promo. Here we go. Another one gone. See you later. I think Vince said, boys, you get five minutes. Yeah, pretty much. He was <laughs> like, yeah, make it quick. Make it look good. We're running short on time. This whole show runs like two hours and twenty one minutes. So, I miss those, man. The, the, these these three and a half hour, four hour pay per views can suck it. Although lately, nice. Yeah, he sold form. it nice. Um, and Sergeant Slaughter's in big trouble. Yeah, he's yeah. You don't see like this is very rare. You don't see the heel outnumbered four to one like this in the Survivor Series situation. So. He's about to be, in a couple months, about to be our champion. There's no way he lost, right? Did, did he just say fuck it and to take a hike? I don't remember how this finished. But then you're right, though. Then he has to eliminate all these guys other than Tito Santana. Yeah. 
So he's going to eliminate the other three. Maybe he does take a hike. I, I do not remember this at all. Yeah, this match I don't have much recollection. Of. Nikolai Volkov's boot did not touch yeah. Slaughter whatsoever. That oh, that first, too. That first kick. And second one, too. Yeah. And that could be whatsoever. an Oh, for sure. Nikolai Volkov. Do you, have you ever heard, seen the, the, the story about how he got duped by a promoter? Um, to appear at a Macho Man Randy Savage a memorial tribute show. No. Oh, it was so sad. It, obviously, he needed money. Um, but he was asked to appear on a some indie show. I don't remember where it was. This was like in 2010 or no, 2011, like after okay. Randy Savage passed away. He was asked to appear on a show, and the guy that promoted the show, like, they must have fucking ripped him off and ripped everybody else off because there weren't that many people at this show. There wasn't a ring. It was in a high school gym with, like, like gym mats. There was no ropes. There was no ring. He appeared in full character and full gimmick with with what he's currently wearing now Yeah. to wrestle some, some fucking nobody. There wasn't a ring, Dennis. They promoted it as a Macho Man Randy Savage tribute show. And he was the headliner, Nikolai Volkov. And whoever promoted this duped him into showing up. And he showed up and there was literally no ring, no ropes, nothing. It looked like some kids like took the gym mats, put them together and was like, this is the ring. And they had chairs around it and everything. How many people were there, you know? There must have been at least like 25, 30 people at the most from what I remember looking at that picture. But he's, and, and, and he went through with it. He went through with it. He fucking, the, the, the picture I saw, he was like locking up with the kid. And the kid had to weigh no more than like 105, 110 pounds. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, like, is this guy really that desperate for money? I was like, this poor bastard got fucking suckered into uh, What do you think he got? Probably couldn't have been like. They probably gave him like a couple hundred bucks and was yeah. like, here you go, we'll pick you up. You get like 200 bucks. Unless this guy fucking bankrolled everything he had to pay Nikolai Volkov to do this one show and he couldn't afford to get a ring. Like, it was, oh, it was so bad. I think the promoter got, like, arrested, too, um, for some other stuff. But that's unfortunately, like, my image of Nikolai Volkov. Not, like, the only image I have of him. But when I think of Nikolai Volkov, like, I look at, like, that scenario. I bet you I could Google it right now. Nikolai Volkov wrestles Macho Man Tribute Show. Nikolai Volkov wrestles Macho Man Tribute Show. It's got to be a fucking picture of it. Oh, yeah, here it is. Oh, you know who he's wrestling? Bobby Fulton from the Fantastics in Marion, Ohio. This is the picture. This is fucking... This is this is so bad. This is the picture. What? There's no ring. And you're right. It's like... 20 people, maybe. Yeah. That's insane. Uh, what were they... Were they were supposed to, like, wrestle, like... like Each like other. Amateur? No, like, they promoted it like it was, like, a fucking real indie show. It's, it's sad. Can you imagine? All right, all right. Me and you, 
And we're like, oh, right, in the uh, Bloomfield High School, there's going to be this wrestling show with Nikolai and Volkov. I mean, you go go to that show, right? Yep. And we saw that fucking... I'm out. I definitely. First of all, all, I I wouldn't even wait for the first match. If I walk in the building and I don't see a ring, I'm like, hey, what happened to the ring? And if that's what they tell us, that's what we're going to get? Nah, fuck that. I'm out. See you later. Speaking of see you later, here goes Butch. Yep. Sergeant Slaughter with a victory. I think we're. I think it's down to the last two. Yeah. Tito. Yeah, people, people, uh, the, uh, the listening audience was kicking at it too. Like, like if you don't know the story, what, what Dave just showed me. I'll, I'll <laughs> post a picture on social media. I promise. Yeah, will you? I'll post a picture on social media. It was oh. fucking brutal. Oh my god. Another forearm by Tito. One, two, kick out by Slaughter. No way, he, he, he's not going to pin. Or... I think so. Wow. I think he's going to get a, a legit pinfall victory over Sergeant Slaughter, which is baffling to me considering what they were doing with Slaughter at the time. Yeah, he's going to be the champion. Yeah, he's going to be the champion in two months. Yeah. And you're going to have him lose it. Not that, you know, it's it's going to damage him to lose to Tito Santana, but if you're building someone up to eventually become the champion, and that's your goal, your, 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 your long-term goal, why would you have him take a loss here? Yeah. I didn't get that. Did not understand that. Good for Tito. Goddamn. Tito Santana been fucking looking at the lights for the last several years in his WWE career. Yes, <laughs> yeah, You know? The last time Tito had any kind of major victory was um, was when he was, you know, part of the, the, the Strike Force tag team. Yeah. Oh, you want to watch it. I'm telling you right now. I just watched it recently. You want to watch a good Tito Santana match? A match where you're like, God damn, they should have... Like, you'd be you'd be mind-blown that they didn't do anything with him after this match. July 28th, 1990, Saturday night's main event. He wrestles Mr. Perfect for the Intercontinental title. I watched it recently, and 30 years later, I got into it like it was happening right now. I was like, oh my God, like, he could win. It's that good of a match. Yeah. So 1990. July 28th, 1990, Saturday night's main event. It's on WWE Network. Tito Santana and Mr. Perfect. It's the last match, too. It's the main event of the show. I would I would go out of your way to watch that. You'd be surprised. that it, it, The match took place in Omaha, Nebraska, and that crowd was like 100% behind Tito. It was amazing. I, I was like, and they didn't do anything with him after this? It was like mind-boggling to me. I was mind-boggled. There were rumors that he that they were gonna gonna flirt with the idea of putting the strap on him when he beat uh, Undertaker in what Brazil. I'm trying to think. Uh, I remember okay. I remember hearing something where they they talked about um, doing something more with him. If I recall, on a recent Bruce Pritchard podcast. Conrad posed the question about when in nineteen in late ninety two, early ninety three, when they were going with the youth movement and they were going with smaller guys like Brat and Sean and all those guys. Tito's name came up in the discussion for Tito to beat Ric Flair for the WWF title in October of ninety two. Can you believe that? Yeah. Tito uh, Santana. Oh, that's how he loses disqualification. Well, this makes sense. Oh, maybe not. No, that ref is knocked out, but the other ref on the floor sees it and kicks him out. But he doesn't tell that ref that the guy came in and hit him with the flag and co- to cause his disqualification. Yeah, Shane's not doing a great job. 
No. That, uh, yeah, he's a shitty he, referee. He let, he let Jimmy Hart do shenanigans. And... Oh, wait a minute. Maybe the referee did see it. Okay, this is how they eliminate Slaughter. He got disqualified. Okay. Because Shane McMahon... So he kind of saw it? Or Yeah. Okay, they went with the... They went with the, the, um, the dusty finish here. Yeah, the, the yeah, that's a good way to put it. The dusty finish. Wow. Yep, he's pissed. That's smart though. You want to protect him. You know? Oh yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I just think yeah, you just... don't want you don't want slaughter uh, uh, looking at the lights and then, then like you got whole either him or him him or the warrior already pinning him. You know, what I mean? yeah. you got to look strong for the for the rumble. You know what would have been an interesting scenario based on what we just saw with the Randy Savage promo? What if Randy Savage was forced to wrestle at Survivor Series and captain a team against Sergeant Slaughter, even though it's heel versus heel? What if Savage survived and he was forced to team with Hogan and Warrior? And that's how you start the friction with him and Ultimate Warrior heading into that WrestleMania. Interesting. As we get the, the, the this is the team for the grand finale match. Survival. Right, yeah, there, there's uh, Rick Martel. Million Dollar Man, Rick Martel, Slick, Paul Roma, Hercules, Warlord, and Virgil all in the locker room getting ready for the, the, the big match coming up shortly. Uh, you know why Mr. Moody's doing the interview? Because mean Gene's about to. Yeah. <laughs> we're about to get it. The gock, the the, the, the goober. The gockily goober, as Dennis J. Levy would say. Oh, boy. Oh, I love it. I love it. Come on. I love it. It's it, that, 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 that would. That's what they should have renamed him after this fucking debut. And I don't even think he even wrestled a match. I don't even think they had him on for a match. The turkey? Yeah. I think you're right. I think he just did like a couple appearances the on time TV. I, and I saw it. the Gobbledygooker again. That it was... Uh, the gimmick battle royal at WrestleMania 17. Oh, yeah, that too. But no, I was going to say Maurice did like a... It was like a thing before Thanksgiving. It was, I think it was Mickey James or something. Mickey James celebrate, and then I just remember I could I could see remember that. her and she was in the costume and beat the shit out of Mickey James or something. I could see that. I know it was Maurice, but I don't know. Oh, yeah, I could definitely see that. Are we getting to it here? Is this it? Is this gotta be, be the it. big reveal. Let's play the audio for this. Main event is the Ultimate Warrior against the number one contender oh. for the belt, the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase. And you want to know the night's not finished, the grand finale. You know that DiBiase is going to have his team working on the Warrior. Tomorrow night, we may have a new champ. Well, we saw history made here tonight by one entire team surviving. Maybe we'll see history made tomorrow night as well. Right now, we're going to go to meet Gene Oakland at the Egg. Oh, God. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's the shake of the evening. Things are really heating up here at the Survivor Series. And I got to tell you, these great fans here in Hartford, Connecticut, are red hot, too. And you know, when it's so hot, so long... Well, that means that the incubation is all over. Oh, God. And that means a lot of us are looking forward to see this gigantic egg, wherever that came from, I'm sure it had to hurt. But this egg, <laughs> that was a great line. Hold on. Oh, it cracks me up. I, I can hear it starting to creak and crack right now. 
Everybody has speculated as to what might be in the egg. Is it a dinosaur? Is it a rabbit? Balloons? Is it the Playmate of the Month? <laughs> Who knows? Well, the way it sounds to me right now, the speculating is all over. Oh, stand back! Oh, look at the back! I think that egg is ready to blow! Oh! Oh, there it is! What is it? <laughs> what in the world? Yeah, that's the most beautiful thing, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my God! What? what I'm telling you. The TV just doesn't do it justice. You had to be live. I'm telling you. Take a look at it, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't know. You're looking at me like I know what I don't know what it is. I'll feed it. A little rooster tail up on top. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's, uh... So, so all you can remember is just how awful the reaction was. And yeah, man. in the arena, pretty much, they wanted no part of this. Because I'm uh, sure everyone thought that it was going to be a debuting superstar. Let's play the audio again. The gobbledygook. Don't tell me you're the gobbledygooker. You've got to be kidding me. Is that all you do is gobble? Well, on Thanksgiving, what would you expect? What? You want me to what? Oh, no, no, no. I wouldn't do that. Not in front of an audience like this. <laughs> all right. Gotta give credit to Vitin. He tried. Yeah, he tried to make it work. I mean, yeah, he he definitely tried to make it work. Um, just, yeah, it was, it was not good. It's not good here. Yeah, I I just remember like uh, my at least my my section we were just booing the shit out of it. And... I don't I I remember when they talked about the egg and what was gonna debut. I was like. I I remember thinking it was like a new superstar. I just wasn't sure what it was. That's why you got to be if you're the Undertaker. That's why you got to be petrified. Yeah. That's what everyone thought. And but I didn't like. I thought to myself like, could it be someone from NWA? Could it be someone from here? You know what I mean? Like I I I don't remember who I speculated as a kid. Like who could be in that egg, but. I just remember not thinking it was going to be this. And even as a youngster, I was a little disappointed. Well, not a little disappointed. I was pretty much, I was, yeah, I was disappointed that, that this, that, that, that this shit happened. I was like, who the fuck's going to want to wrestle the turkey? You know? Like, <laughs> this is stupid. Like, this is fucking dumb. Look at, look at the old lady up there. She's getting down. Yeah. I mean... And, and Piper's selling. Ah, oh, people love it. Oh, let's yeah, let's play the audio. Oh, Gene tried. <laughs> <laughs> he just tripped on the ropes. Yeah. He took a nice bump there. He took a nice bump there, I will say. I, I was impressed. Certainly impressed by that. 
From Gene, not the Gooker. Yeah. Yeah, this was the shits. Yeah, this this definitely makes the the countdown of like worst debuts in in, in wrestling history. Oh, that's a good point. This definitely we had the, from from the best to the worst in one night. You, yeah, if you think about it, this. No, I take that back. The best debut though is Kane. Anyway, best. That, that's yeah. the other here. I like how you stand by that. I I like how you stand by that firmly. I don't think Undertaker's the best debut in wrestling. Oh no. But I don't. I'd have to go back and really think of like what's the best debut. What had the most impact? What you know. I don't think it was Undertaker, but then again, you can, make, a, say, you can make an argument you, that it was. You, you, that, uh, you could argue that, that it debuted with the, one of the, the best superstars of all time, that, um, and then one of the worst things that ever <laughs> But this didn't go on for very long. Like, no. You know, this was, like I said, this probably was on TV for like a little but while. this is Hartford. We, we love everything. And then we yeah. blew the shit out, out of the gobbledygooker. Yeah. It was time to go. Yeah, <laughs> it's time to go. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. I will. I will say. I don't know, but if anyone from uh, if anyone uh, listening audience of kicking out of two or was live at, at that event, comment just how the audience just like seriously like 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 I just remembered that me and my sisters were talking and we're like. Yeah, that turkey. I could boot out the building like Brendan Shanahan when he came back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Gotta make this shit end. I can't believe they wasted as much time as they did on this. Yeah. Yeah. Then, uh... Meteen tried his best, but, yeah, that turkey, it was, it was no bueno. Got about 18 minutes left on this show. We're at 2 hours, 3 minutes, 21 seconds, 22 seconds... 23 seconds as uh, they wasted too much time on this gobbledygooker with Mean Gene. Poor Mean Gene. He put it over, but goddamn, it was rough. Yeah. It was rough, I will say. Here we go. The, the, here we go. This is the team here. This is the babyface team. Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, Tito Santana. Let's play the audio. Well, you know something, little dude? We're not too worried about the odds being stacked against us, you know? The way I count this thing, brother, is those five over there are against the warrior, my man Tito Santana, the Stark Raven Hulkster, and millions and millions of those little Hulkamaniacs out there, brother. You know, this is what it's all about, brother. I've been around the WWF for quite some time now, and the Hulkster has always ruled, but never before have I seen such intensity in a man like the Ultimate Warrior, brother, to rise to the top so fast to take it all away and to have so many little, little warriors following him, brother. And as far as Tito Santana goes, brother, me and the Arriba man have been around since day one. And as far as I'm concerned, me, Tito, the ultimate warrior, we're going to survive this thing, brother. This is what it's all about, baby, the grand finale. Million dollar man, the visionaries, you turkeys. The odds are not against us, baby. We are here for one reason, to survive, baby, the grand finale. We have taken this many footsteps to get this far. The Hulkamaniacs that made a sacrifice. And the warriors that follow me that fell like skeletons that made their sacrifices. They walk with us into this battle. And we take all those that believe in one purpose. To do combat with those that believe they are the greatest. You power and glory. A reminder that we feed off such things. And you, Rick the Mono Martel. 
no competition to the powers that we possess in Hulkamania and Warrior Wellness and Arriva Dante. I cannot believe he said that. I think that wouldn't have been Warrior's best promo. I mean, <laughs> he knocked that out of the park. Oh, my goodness. That is... As they look at the... I mean, it's not much, but you can tell there's, there's a, some, some spots open with the seats, yeah. I'm saying where I was, like I said, I had popcorn on, on the left, and I had my nachos on the right, so... And, mm. a, and probably a soft drink, so... No, nobody's sitting yeah. next to you on either well, side. Well, seriously, we all had our separate that's, seats. Yeah. That's crazy. That's yeah. You don't find that very often. Normally, normally when you know when I go to a wrestling event, I'm stuck next to someone that's you know. I'm always because I'm tall. I'm always you know blocking someone's view. Yeah. And I hate that. And then like my wife will come with me, and she enjoys it. But sometimes like she she can't deal with like the obnoxious fans. So the last time she went to a wrestling show with me was at the Civic Center. It was a couple of years ago. They did a Monday Night Raw. And this one girl was screaming her head off about Braun Strowman. Oh, Braun Strowman's my husband. Don't you care if you're my man. That's my man, Braun Strowman. Dun, 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 dun. And, like, she just wouldn't stop screaming. And, like, my wife was, like, she... she She's she, her patience in certain situations gets tested. She did a good job keeping it together, but she kept looking over at me. She couldn't wait to get in the car and yeah. fucking tell me how she never wants to go to those ever again. <laughs> I feel bad for her. But here's the thing: I I that I I as long as you're not using uh, I don't uh, if I have a kid. Try not to use profanity. Yeah. I felt so embarrassed the last time we, me and you, we were at the Money in the Bank yep. in Hartford, and uh, I and I screamed to swear, and there's a little boy just turned around, and I went to dad, sorry, I'm sorry, yeah, sorry. I remember that, yeah. <laughs> so, so, if you see a kid, <clears throat> try, try, try not to use profanity, and, uh, and uh, racial slurs, all that other stuff. In football games, you hear racial slurs. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, but, it's... But what I try to get at, though... Uh, as, a, as a fan, uh, uh, you could scream in my ear and to say say whatever. It's that that uh, I didn't think actually to to, to the defense of that girl screaming about Grant Strowman. I don't think she did anything like uh, atrocious. No, it wasn't atrocious, but it was just a lot. Like you know, she's sitting behind my wife. Like I mean, you know, she was just the screaming. It was just nonstop. You know, granted, she had a great time. She paid her ticket and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you can do whatever you want. And I just, I tell my wife, I'm like, it's a wrestling show, honey. Yeah. Like, you know, like, I mean, I get it. Like, you don't want someone screaming in your ear. But, you know, it's a wrestling show. You know, people are going to be loud and, you know, just what it is. And it stinks. And, you know, I'm sorry. But, you know, that's that's really about it. I sat at a, I, I went to a, a, a Monday Night Raw in Hartford. And there was, um... There is the there is these two parents with this young adult. He looked like he had some sort of medical condition, but he was like, or it was like I want to say he was like our age, like in our thirties, you know. But he he looked like he had some sort of medical condition um, that like stunted his growth, and so the kid 
or the adult, I should say, he would like turn around and like chat with us and like, you know, my, you know, me and Justin and Daryl were giving him the time of day, etc. And, uh, Seth Rollins comes out and the, the father, the kid, the, the adult, he's like, ah, oh, you suck, Seth. And Seth was a baby face yeah. at the time, but the kid was like, you stink, you suck, kiss my ass. Like, he starts cussing. So then, like, now he's become entertainment for yeah. us. You know what I mean? Like, he's got no filter. Like, we're cracking up. So the dad turns around and says, you know, he's apologizing. And he's like, I'm so sorry about my son. And I said, don't worry about it. I go, I'm having a ball. Don't worry about it at all. You know, it's no big deal. And then he tells me a story that, um, that, uh, the kid got to meet a couple of the wrestlers backstage at a show prior to the one that we were attending. And it was right around the time when Rollins had the briefcase for Money in the Bank. Okay. And apparently the kid goes, hey, Seth, when are you going to cash that fucking thing in? <laughs> and the parents were like, oh, be quiet. Don't say that. And then, like Rollins got a kick out of it. And but yeah, it was it was entertaining as hell. So now we're in the main event. Yep. I digress. We've we've, we've Warlord got eliminated literally in twenty seconds. The grand finale match of survival. It's four on three now because a warlord got eliminated. As I was telling a story, um, we got a million dollar man entering the ring with Chico Santana. It's four on three right now. Baby faces are still at the the, the man disadvantage. However, um, they look to be making a comeback of sorts. DiBiase with the the snap suplex, the vertical suplex, I should say, on one Tito Santana. Did you notice Warrior made a, a wardrobe change and a face paint? Did he? Yeah. Changed the same, same boots, but he got different tights, and he painted his face a different color than it was in the, the, the first match. Okay. So. The face paint probably fell off in the first match. Yeah, so. he was, yeah, he was losing the paint in the first match. Hogan didn't come out with a shirt this time. Tito was still sweating from the previous match because he didn't really get much of a break. I mean, I'm sure that Gobbledygooker and Mean Gene were killing yeah. as much time as they could. But, yeah, this was the only time that they did the grand finale match of Survival. I personally liked the concept and thought it would be something cool, but apparently they've never tried it since, and it's something that... There goes Tito. Tito's gone. What did you think of the the the, the survivors from the, the the winners matches teaming up at the end of the night? So, I don't think I don't think that doesn't make any sense to me. So, so they made it exclusively heels and baby faces. Ba- baby yeah. faces, even though that makes sense at that time. I think it does, but 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 doesn't make sense like in uh, in an athletic standpoint, whatever. Yeah. Uh, that that uh, it was five on three. Yep. You had to put it another four guy. Four. Exactly. Yeah, make it even. And that's why, to your point, if Savage was in, was in, was in it, he could have been that tweener. You know yeah. what I mean? That's a good point. That, uh, yeah, just, the five and three thing didn't make but sense. But if you booked, all right, let's put it this way. Yeah. If you booked Hogan, Warrior, and Savage as this super team against these fucking schleps, they would have had to, all three of them would have had to have won the match. Or at least they would have had, you know, Savage do something to set, help Or maybe kind of like match a Warrior. You know what, what happened with like Owen Hart at the Survivor Series? How oh, that he got eliminated? Thing? Yeah, that kind of like you know, like Savage just has everything underhand and like hits the Warrior and then gets pinned, and then DiBiase like quick pins him. Or quick something. pins him, yeah. They could. I mean, it, it would have been an interesting dynamic for Savage to, you know, be in this match. And team with Hogan and Warrior. He's got. He's declared his intentions and wanting to be the champion against Warrior. He's got history with Hogan. Like it would have been a nice little 
quick story that everyone could understand and relate to yeah. heading into this match. Instead, this this match didn't really have much of a story other than it's a bunch of guys that won earlier in the previous matches and they all teamed together at the end, you know. But I I always felt that the grand finale match of survival had potential and something I think like could have been implemented further down the line like like especially with like raw and smackdown and nxt like they could have had you know an nxt survivor series match a smackdown survivor series match and a raw survivor series match and then you would have all three of the best of the winners of each team teaming together to have all three brands facing each other you know what i mean both men and women i mean that would take six about seven eight matches to do that but you could you know I, I think there would be some interest there. I totally agree. I like that idea. You know, you do an NXT four on four, you know, of men. You do, you know, an NXT four on four of women. You do a SmackDown four on four of men and women. Raw four on four men and women. And then you have the big ones at the end. You know, you could even drag it out and do like you know on a takeover. Do the NXT matches on a takeover. Um, you know, the Survivor Series style matches on a takeover card. That would be interesting too. Yeah. But maybe they'll do that this year by yeah. the time this recording drops. Oh, I just, Who knows? I really wanted The Fiend versus Orton, but it doesn't you, look that's going to yeah, You never know. But granted, I think that's going to be the the final stop on the Revenge Tour. But anyway, that's, near, that's neither here nor, here nor there. Here nor there, that, yeah. But, uh, then, um, you think Hercules could have been a champion? I don't know if I heard talk, talk um, about this. I, I think he... I, uh, you know, I was a big Hercules fan as a kid. He was a solid undercard guy. I don't think he could have been a singles champion, but as a as a youngster, I believed that him and Roma were a solid tag team where they could have been decent champions. But at the same time, maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. I think they could have been a solid tag team champion. Like, even if it was like a transitional run, you know? Steal the belts from the Heart Foundation and then lose them to the Road Warriors, you know? Yeah. Sort of thing. I think that could have been very possible. Is that what happened to them? They got squashed by the Road Warriors. At WrestleMania 7, yeah. They never recovered. Yeah. Yeah, by that point, yeah, they were done by that point. There was was no recovering (laughs) from, from, from that. I mean, it was like, but they also had like 15 matches on that card too, so like they had to cut some time so that their their match got cut short, like by like a lot and like a 30 seconds to fucking make it happen. Warrior with the big comeback here. Yeah. I gotta say, it's like Martel's a pretty big guy. He he looks he, he looks like small shrimp. compared to Warrior. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Here we go. That was pretty ugly. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Hogan gonna do the leg drop? No, not yet. This is pretty much a anything you can do, I can do better sort of scenario here between Hogan and Warrior, and they're just yeah, eat, it's, it's eating, kind of a, eating the baby, for, eating the I, heels up. It's just a fun match. I, I guess it is kind of fun watching. Yeah, it's pretty short. It doesn't really have. Oh, that was an ugly clothesline. Yep. And Martel's like, yeah. Oh, fuck this. Fuck this. I'm out. <laughs> I would do too. See you later. <laughs> See you later. Goodbye. Have a nice life. 
you gotta figure that uh and DiBiase is gonna be the last for, for the heels, don't you think? Um, part of me feels like he gets eliminated soon, right. and it's down and to Hogan and Warrior on. pretty much eating up Hercules. Do you remember the storyline? I only say this because the two in the ring, in the match. Do you remember the storyline when Bobby Heenan tried to sell Hercules to the Million Dollar Man? I do not know. Yeah. This is when managers were selling their talents to other people. <laughs> like they were like fucking like baseball cards. Yeah. Yeah, Bobby Heenan tried to sell Hercules to the Million Dollar Man, and Hercules didn't want to be looked at as someone that is just going to do everyone else's bidding. And that's how they turned Hercules into a babyface. Okay. Because Bobby Heenan was pretty much trying to get rid of him. I remember yeah, Hercules getting squashed by Earthquake at a... That was a WrestleMania, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was WrestleMania 6 of this year in 1990. Yep, this is where DiBiase goes. See you later. <laughs> One, two, three. And now big old Herc. Oh, jeez. I think this is it here. I think this is the finish. Warrior gets the hot tag. Clothesline. Clothesline. By the way, by watching this uh, paper with you, my, my opinion has changed. It's not one of the worst? No, I really enjoyed it. I'm glad that I could have been able to turn that, turn that frown upside down when it comes to Survivor <laughs> Series 1990. As the finish here is complete, Hogan and Warrior are your sole survivors for this Survivor Series pay-per-view event. Are they going to dump Slick out? Yep. Let's play the audio here. Everybody. 
And that about does it for this Survivor Series 1990 watch party. Dennis? Enjoyed it. I'm glad that you were able to come along. I'm glad that, you know, I I was able to change your mind as we watched this. This was a lot of fun. Thank you very much. Thank you also very much. Apologize for a couple of the technical difficulties that took place uh, while we were recording this. Hopefully, uh, with, you know, uh, my, you know hopefully, hopefully you enjoyed it. Let's just put it that way. But um, nonetheless, um, uh, that about does it this week here on Kicking Out of Two. Hopefully you all have a safe and happy and healthy Thanksgiving holiday coming up this week. Eat lots of turkey. Enjoy your time with your loved ones. Watch football if it's on. Don't know by now if that will be on. Um, and just, you know, enjoy the time with your loved ones. Let's hope that, uh, you know, this COVID-19 doesn't ruin Thanksgiving and the Thanksgiving traditions that many of you and, and myself included um, share. Um before COVID-19 hit. So let's hope that uh, we have a good, safe, happy, and healthy Thanksgiving. And with that being said, I think it's officially time we put this show down for the three count. We'll see you all next week.